You're listening to the Acadiana's Morning News Podcast, brought to you by LABI and always on kpal965.com. It's 5 till movie and music news with David Daniel on the Hollywood Minute. March, March, complete with footage of protest marches past and present, is the latest single and video from Gaslighter, the upcoming album from The Chicks. Who? The country pop trio previously known as the Dixie Chicks. The group posted the name change on their website, noting, we want to meet this moment. They follow fellow country artist Lady Antebellum, changing their name to Lady A. Just keep that head up, don't you worry, it will be That familiar voice is part of another, more temporary trio. Sir Elton John has teamed with Texas-based duo Surfaces for Learn to Fly. In a press release, the music legend said, We recorded via Zoom in L.A. and it was so much fun working on a non-Elton record. These guys are terrific and we had a blast collaborating. Elizabeth Banks is taking the wheel of the magic school bus. She's set to star as Ms. Frizzle in a movie based on the long-running children's book series about a teacher who takes her class on field trips in a magic bus. Banks will also produce the combination live-action and animated film. After 80 million books in print and two TV series, this will be the first time the magic school bus flies on the big screen. In Hollywood, I'm David Daniel. It's three till. We all have thoughts on what television news network we think spreads the most fake news. What about people themselves? Correspondent Stephen Kaufman looked into the biggest offenders. University of Colorado researcher Toby Hopp wanted to find out who spreads the most fake news. Tend to be a little bit older, ideologically extreme, and might have lower levels of trust in the traditional mass media. When it comes to the most popular online platform to spread that fake news, Hop determined that Facebook is a more fertile breeding ground for such misleading information than Twitter. Do members of one particular political party tend to spread more misinformation than another? Do you tend to find that those on the right side of the spectrum, particularly the extreme right, do tend to spread a disproportionate amount of this type of information? However, I think you also see some indication that just politically extreme people in general share this information at a higher rate. Hobbs' greatest concern is the continued dissemination of false and misleading reports. It'll harm the discourse, harm the political conversations and discussions that we have with one another, and to further exacerbate polarization and really harm our ability to come to a consensus on complicated political issues. He cites social media and the financial distress facing traditional news organizations for the changing way that information flows through society. I'm Stephen Kaufman. Well, regardless, we appreciate you making Radio News your trusted source of timely information. America in the Morning is produced by Tom DeLac this Monday, June 29th, 2020. Our senior producer is Kevin Delaney. I'm John Trout, Westwood One News. My name is Lola Silvestri, and I'm going to be 95 this year. I was very independent. I fell, and I had to have meals on wheels. America, let's do lunch.
One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. I spend a lot of time in the backyard, and I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores. And in 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit, that accidentally started a wildfire when a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. The news you want to know. Attorney General. He lied to Congress. Chicken bar should have shown up today. You slandered this man. Circus political stunt. KPEL FM. Brobridge Lafayette. President Trump pushes back. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. A late night tweet suggests the story about Russia meddling in Afghanistan targeting U.S. troops. Maybe another fake news fabricated Russia hoax. He wrote, he just got a report on intelligence that didn't find the info incredible and therefore did not report it to him or the vice president. Now, Russia is calling the Afghanistan allegations lies. Fox's Rachel Sutherland has more live. Dave, select members of Congress will be briefed today on reported intelligence that Russia offered bounties on U.S. soldiers in Afghanistan. Over the weekend, President Trump claimed he had never been briefed on the information first reported by the New York Times. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi on ABC's This Week. Now he's saying this is fake news. Why would he say that? Why wouldn't he say, let's look into it and see what this is? Republican Senator Lindsey Graham tweeted, it's imperative Congress get to the bottom of allegations about Russia. Dave? Now, Rachel, the coronavirus keeps resurging. We know now there's scientific evidence that masks both keep you from infecting others, but may also partially protect you from getting infected. White House Task Force Dr. Deborah Burks urging younger people to wear them. Texas has seen a record number of cases lately. Governor Greg Abbott. Texas still has the second lowest death rate of the top 27 most affected states in the country. California's governor has ordered bars in Los Angeles and six other counties to close worldwide. The number of deaths now tops 500,000. Mississippi is going to get rid of its state flag that's flown since 1894 with a Confederate symbol on it. The legislator voting to scrap it and have a commission design a new flag. For all things that are good about Mississippi, for a greater good that we can all be behind. That's Republican House Speaker Pro Tem Jason White. The governor says he'll sign it. The only requirement, the new flag, must have the words in God we trust on it. And the New England Patriots have found a new quarterback to replace Tom Brady, signing Cam Newton. America's listening to Fox News. It's already a number one bestseller, and it's called Blitz. Trump will smash the left and win. By famed author David Horowitz, Blitz makes predictions about President Trump that will shock you. He also warns about radical groups like Antifa. Blitz is at bookstores, or get the free offer and save $28. Just call 800-NEWSMAX or go to Blitz411.com. Blitz411.com. Mike Huckabee says if everyone read Blitz, Trump would win. Newsmax says it's the best book for 2020. Call 800-NEWSMAX for the free offer now. We're all in uncharted territory, looking for ways to support our communities. At Dell Technologies, we're making sure small businesses have the right tech solutions. Dell Technologies advisors are here for you, from helping small businesses stay connected and productive while working remotely with Windows 10 and Microsoft Teams, to rapidly deploying remote work solutions that limit upfront costs with Dell Financial Services. We're standing by you every step of the way. Call 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. 
The four Minneapolis police officers charged in George Floyd's death are due in court today. Derek Chauvin, who was seen on video kneeling on Floyd's neck, will appear via video. He's charged with second-degree murder. In Louisville, Kentucky, an arrest has been made in the shooting death of a protester in a park. They've been demonstrating not just George Floyd's death there, but also Breonna Taylor's. She was killed in March in a police raid on her home that found no drugs. The former police officer who was fired over Breonna Taylor's death now appealing his termination. Brett Hankinson's lawyers argue the city caved into public pressure and fired him well before authorities finished their criminal investigations. Meantime, protests continue across the country and around the world today as pressure is mounting on city officials in Minneapolis and New York City to defund or abolish the police altogether. This as violent crime is now surging in the city. The New York Times reporting June is set to be on track to break records set back in 1996. That's Fox's Aisha Hosni, a legendary rock band, is not getting any satisfaction hearing their music at Trump rallies. That may be so, but the Rolling Stones are threatening legal action against President Donald Trump if he doesn't stop using their songs at his campaign events. Their hit, You Can't Always Get What You Want, has been a staple of Trump rallies since the 2016 campaign. But now Broadcast Music Incorporated, or BMI, has notified the president's people that continued use of songs by the Stones will constitute a breach of its licensing agreement. Other artists have also jumped on the bandwagon. Canadian Neil Young says his rocket in the free world was used against his wishes, and the family of the late Tom Petty issued a cease and desist for Team Trump to stop playing I Won't Back Down after it was used during last week's rally in Tulsa. Karen McHugh, Fox News. On Wall Street, stock futures are up before today's trading. I'm Dave Anthony. This is Fox News. Your 24-7 news source on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. Good morning. I'm Rob Kirkpatrick in the Cape Hell News Studio. We'll get up to 92 degrees today. It'll be a hot one. Just a 20% chance of afternoon showers. You'll have your full forecast from KTC's Daniel Phillips coming up on the show. The Acadiana chapter of the American Cancer Society has asked Jamie Bajron to step down as its Spirit of Hope honoree. A ceremony to mark the honor is due to happen in August. Bajron is a cancer survivor and former paramedic who was fired last week due to recent public social media posts that many deemed racist. The local chapter says the posts do not reflect the values of the American Cancer Society. Louisiana's frontline workers are getting closer to getting that one-time hazard pay stipend of $250. That money would go to essential workers such as grocery store workers, bus drivers, law enforcement officers, and healthcare workers who stayed on the job during the pandemic. The legislation needs approval from the Louisiana House before it can be sent to the governor's office. Chances are looking really good for passage in the House since the Senate approved the legislation last week with a 38-0 to vote. On Wednesday, one group of heroes will salute another group of heroes as Louisiana National Guard has announced plans for a hospital flyover in five cities across the state. Assuming Mother Nature will cooperate with good weather for flying, assuming Mother Nature will cooperate, eight UH-60 Black Hawk helicopters will make a Passover hospitals in Lafayette, Slidell, Hammond, Alexandria, Lake Charles, Monroe, and Shreveport. It may not be an inoculation to the coronavirus, but it could a vaccine for measles, mumps, and rubella 
help prevent the most severe complications from COVID-19. Kevin Barnhart explains. Children don't seem to be as affected by COVID as adults are. The mortality rates are much, much less. And they get these live attenuated vaccines all the way through their childhood. So LSU Health New Orleans researcher Dr. Paul Fidel suggests that the common childhood vaccine can activate nonspecific immune cells to train the white blood cells of the immune system to mount a more effective defense. We think it's a low-risk, high-reward sort of response to this pandemic. The game plan is to test the treatment on primates as well as humans. I'm Kevin Barnhart. Housing advocates warn Louisiana is likely to suffer a substantial wave of evictions after enhanced federal assistance for rent and unemployment ends on July 31st. Center for Planning Excellence CEO Camille Manning-Broom says due to Louisiana's service-based economy, they estimate 69,000 to 132,000 of renter households are at risk once benefits end. Having a roof over your head is a basic need and a basic necessity. We can't allow individuals to fall into homelessness, at, especially at this magnitude. Nationally, that number is estimated to be nearly 7 million. Urban Footprint CEO Joe DiStefano says that compared to other states, Louisiana has the third highest risk of evictions. He said it's due to the COVID economy. So we're estimating that the six-month rental assistance needed for these renters ranges from about 230 to about $430 million. And that's really to close what we call the rent gap. DiStefano says a wave of evictions at this scale would destabilize communities and drastically strain state services. Beyond the, you know, the most critical impacts, which are those on these, you know, very specifically on families and individuals, you know, it starts to build up into a community and regional and statewide issue. Now, both organizations are asking the Louisiana congressional delegation to back the $100 billion Emergency Rental Assistance and Rental Market Stabilization Act of 2020 to head off the crisis. The State Department of Education says school bus capacity will be capped at 50% in August if the state remains in phase two when classes resume. Here's Matt Doyle. State Superintendent of Education Kate Brumley says districts are making plans to adjust to the possibility that we don't hit phase three before schools reopen. If that's the case, he anticipates parents will be asked to drive their kids to school if at all possible, and hybrid education will likely be needed. There's a strong likelihood that you will see this hybrid model of, of education in many systems that includes distance and or congregate. Under phase three, school buses can run at 75% capacity. I'm Matt Doyle. A former director of the CDC says the country is playing catch up in the battle against COVID-19. On Fox News Sunday, Dr. Tom Frieden says that things are going to get worse for a few weeks because it'll take a while for physical distancing measures to have an effect again. Four police officers in San Jose are suspended and under investigation for making racist remarks on social media. The investigation is based on a post on Medium by an anonymous author, which includes screenshots of posts from a private Facebook group. The pictures include posts by a retired officer calling the Black Lives Matter protesters, quote, racist idiots and enemies. The NFL is slapping the New England Patriots with a hefty fine and taking away a draft pick. The league is giving a $1.1 million penalty and taking a 2021 third-round draft pick as a result of the club's television crew filming the field and sideline during the December 8th game against the Cincinnati Bengals and Cleveland Browns. And finally, the Department of Justice says cards circulating online claiming the holder is exempt from wearing a mask in public, well, they're fake. Many cities have made wearing masks mandatory in public in the wake of a spike in COVID-19 cases. The DOJ warns against the card from the so-called Freedom to Breathe 
agency. These are strange times. A mixture of sunshine and clouds out there through the day today. We'll see some clouds early on this morning, but I do think we get some patchy sunshine by the end of the day. Temperatures are going to work their way up to about 92 for the afternoon high. Heat index going to be pushing the triple digits. It's going to be a very hot, humid, summery day out there. 20% chance for an isolated shower a little later on this afternoon. Winds are going to be coming in from the south at about 5 to 10 miles an hour. It may see a gust or two later on this afternoon. Overnight lows drop into the upper. 70s. We'll get ready to repeat this forecast through the majority of the work week. Better rain chances going to creep into Acadiana by Friday. It looks like we may have some widely scattered showers sticking with us for the July 4th holiday as well. Make sure that you stay tuned over the next couple days as we iron out some of those details. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC meteorologist Daniel Phillips on Newstalk 96.5 KPL. It is 79 degrees right now at Newstalk 96.5 KPL. And our weather update is brought to you by Tabuli Lebanese Cuisine. Now open on Ambassador Caffrey next to Room to Go, Tabuli, your choice for authentic, freshly made Lebanese food. News Talk 96.5, KPL, right now, traffic. And getting the all clear right now across the roads of Acadiana, the interstate's working just as they should. Looks like it's a great morning out there to start the week, and we are happy about that. Traffic brought to you by the Matthew James Financial Group, Wealth Management and Retirement Planning. Just a phone call away at 366-8366. That's 336, excuse me, 366-8366. It's all live here, folks, guys. It's a real deal. Um, contact Matthew James Financial Group for your financial needs. 612 now at Newstalk 96.5. Good morning. It is 614. I'm Rob Kirkpatrick, and this is Acadiana's Morning News. Another big day for you here on the show today. Coming up, Jackie Russo will sit in for the vacationing Bernadette Lee. So that is coming up. But we're going to be talking about a lot of issues, including the Supreme Court. As the Trump administration takes aim at Obamacare in a new Supreme Court brief, we'll have to see how that goes. We're going to talk to Michael Law. He's a political analyst and uh, author of Founders Revolution. We're going to be talking to him coming up at about 620. Uh, a big weekend in sports, Cam Newton going to New England. I don't know that there are a lot of people that are surprised by that because it seemed as if New England was pretty caught off guard with Tom Brady's move down to Tampa. So uh, we'll find out what that means and what Steve Pelquin's hearing. What is he thinking? It was a really busy weekend um, here in Lafayette with two big events going on, uh, one of which the Garth Brooks drive-in concert that happened uh, some of the photos really set some people off because it doesn't seem like that distancing was there that we've been talking about. So we're going to ask some questions about that touch base with some different folks and a new poll says Americans are the unhappiest they've been in 50 years. Take a listen to this. It's been a rough year for the American psyche reading this article. Folks in the U S more unhappy today than they've been in nearly 50 years. Now, the bold and unsurprising conclusion comes from the COVID response tracking study. Now, it finds that 14% of American adults say they're very happy. That's down from 31%. Um, last year, uh, 23% say they'd often or sometimes feel isolated. By the way, 50% of people say that now. It's the highest since 1972. So we're going to ask some questions. Pamela Gail Johnson is covering the story today. Um, she is a, a part of this group called the Secret Society of Happy People. Uh, she founded it in 1998. We've talked to her before, but 
Um, she's a really positive person, and and we'll see how maybe we can turn these numbers around and people trying to maybe get to where they're supposed to be happiness-wise and outlook-wise and all that. So that's coming up on the show. We'll, of course, update you on weather and traffic as it happens. 92 degrees are high today. It's just kind of hot and sticky already out there right now. 79 degrees. That humidity, though, 91%. And I'm telling you, uh, I can feel it for sure. Um, oil demand headed for a record rebound in 2021, according to some analysts. Uh, according to some forecasts, they say it will rebound by a record 5.7 million barrels a day. Now the coronavirus pandemic, it really hammered global growth because you had planes that weren't flying, cars that weren't driving, you know, all of this, factories that were shut down. But 5.7 million barrels per day, that could be huge. Um, the world's demand for crude will apparently drop by 8.1 barrels uh, a day this year. That's slightly less than the forecast, but that rebound is what people are talking about. And um, we're going to talk to the CEO of King Operating Corporation, Texas Oil and Gas Company, and author of The Upside of Oil and Gas Investing. His name is Jay Young, and we'll be talking to him in the 8 o'clock hour. So plenty to come today on the show. Don't forget, you can listen to us anywhere you go with the free KPL News app. You get the headlines first. Um, a lot of news and gosh, it was a rough weekend on I 10 this weekend. We were able to push out all of those uh, I 10 closures as they happen to kind of help you avoid that area. But gosh, that area between Louisiana Avenue and the Basin Bridge continues to be a hotspot for wrecks. It is a construction zone and it does go down to 60 miles per hour. Um, yeah, I'll tell you, I was driving in that area yesterday and the one thing that really stood out to me and I still can't figure out why exactly it happened, but the one thing that stood out was people just slamming on their brakes. And I never saw what they were slamming on their brakes for. Never saw anything in the road. Never was an accident. Never did I come to a complete stop. But, you know, maybe it's people not abiding by the 60 mile per hour rule. I don't know what it is, but I can see. And, you know, obviously you hear our traffic reports every day. You can hear us talking about these wrecks happening and we'll keep you up to date as they do. This morning, though, as we reported, Things look all clear right now, uh, traffic-wise. It's 619 now at Newstalk 96.5. KPL Michael Law is on deck. We're going to talk about the Supreme Court. And also, I'm interested to ask him, You know, it seems pretty predictable where things will go for this president and maybe some of his nominations, now Supreme Court justices. But what about the surprises in the last two decisions on DACA and LGBTQ work rights? We'll ask Michael Law when we return. You're listening to Acadiana's Morning News. This is the place where all opinions are welcome. Every color gets through, and people on all sides of the issue can hash it out. And if you don't think you have a voice, you're wrong. It can be heard now by calling 232-1542. That's 232-1542. 620 now at Newstock 96.5. KPL on Monday, June 29th, 2020. And uh, we're looking at the Supreme Court again. This time we're talking about Obamacare. The Trump administration on Thursday filed a brief in a highly charged Supreme Court case that has the potential to completely overturn the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare. Michael Law joins us on the phone now. And, you know, this seems to be pretty open and shut as far as what the president wants. But in recent weeks, in the last month or so, we've seen some surprises from the Supreme Court. Kind of bring us up to date on this case. Yes. Uh, so uh, if you remember uh, about uh, the first 
case, uh, considering uh, Obamacare in NFIB versus Sebelius, uh, John Roberts rewrote, as he has done with uh, DACA more recently and other cases, rewrote the law to uh, fit exactly what he wants. Uh, and in this case, uh, with NFIB versus Sebelius, uh, he wrote, rewrote it so that it would say, uh, two opposing things at the same time. First is that uh, the penalty is uh, to be considered a tax so that it would uh, that it would be uh, legal or constitutional under the anti-injunction act and but for uh, other purposes, it was not to be considered a penalty but rather a tax. So it, it was considered a tax and also considered not a tax, uh, not, not considered a tax, so it would be called unconstitutional unco and considered a uh, and considered a tax so that it would be. You know, it's and I expect it to do the same thing. Uh, in this case, uh, it seems pretty shut, uh, like a pretty shut case, open and closed case, but uh, expect John Robertson, this is kind of where I think that he's going to go, is uh, in the previous cases, they have always uh, stuck with the side that it, there is no severability within Obamacare, but expect severability to magically appear and we will continue continue with the uh, Obamacare as it is written, with the exception of the uh, penalty well, the in or the individual mandate. So uh, expect it to continue because I, I expect that from John Roberts. You know, and the one thing about Supreme Court justices is they very rarely ever kind of, I guess, rule against themselves. You know, where something has come up before, they will pretty much stand in line with, with, with where they are. I mean... And I don't know if it's I don't know if it's a pride thing. I don't know if it's uh, I don't I don't know what what it is. But I think there are a lot of people who are thinking just like you're thinking that this could be sort of all for nothing. What does it say to the Trump administration? All right, so we have an election in November. Um, obviously, should there be a vacancy on uh, on the Supreme Court, say this year, then we sort of end up back in the situation where we ended up at the Obama, you know, kind of last year of office with Merrick Garland, who wasn't. It wasn't pushed through because it was the last year. President Trump is going to want to get another one of his justices, justice picks onto the Supreme Court. Kind of if you had a crystal ball, what would happen with that? Yeah, I would expect to, for the most part, the same thing, although it is going to be less likely simply because the Republicans are in control of the Senate and they're the only ones that get to approve uh, the individual. So if, uh, worst case scenario, President Trump loses in November uh, and he gets to, and there is a justice that either passes away or uh, retires or uh, resigns and he's able to appoint another one, uh, it might be a little bit different uh, than when uh, President Obama uh, nominated his last one simply because the Republicans will still be in charge at that time. So it might go a little bit differently, but uh, uh, I, hopefully we don't even have to deal with that scenario. We, we have enough to deal with this year so far. Michael Law, thank you so much for your insight on this. We appreciate it as always. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on. All right. It's 625 now at Newstalk 96.5 KPL. And of course, 
We'll follow these stories for you online, kpal965.com. Your headlines from around the country are coming up. And don't forget, you can see all the headlines anytime with the KPL News app and for free in the App Store and Google Play. Also, don't forget about podcasts from all your favorite KPL shows. You can find those as well, kpel965.com. We're back with more of Katie Morning News and your headlines just ahead on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Phone lines are open. Call the show at 232-1542, 232-1542. Then listen live anytime with the free KPL News app, free in the App Store or Google Play. Now you're listening to American Ground Radio's Morning Minute. This week we're getting ready for our 4th of July special by asking people from all over the country, what do you think? makes America great. But it's not about politics or political parties. It's about bringing people together on our nation's birthday to remember what has made this country the greatest nation the world has ever known. It's full of personal stories of struggles, sacrifices, and successes that could only be written in America. So join us for our American Ground What Makes America Great 4th of July special. We hope you'll enjoy it, and we hope it'll make your celebration of the 4th of July even that much better. American Ground Radio, where building a better America begins with building a better us. Return each Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. with Louis R. Abalone and Stephen Paul on News Talk 96.5 KPL and streaming live at KPL96.5.com. The storks are bringing me a baby brother. We can do this. Together. All right, let's go. Storks know how to keep kids safe. Do you? What? Oh, my gosh, you don't know. <gasps> I know. You don't. <laughs> oh, man, you laugh when you're uncomfortable. <laughs> no. Making sure your child is in the right car seat is one of the steps to safer travel. I will rock this. You will rock this. To know for sure that your child is in the right car seat for their age and size, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. Cool, cool, cool. Very cool, very cool. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. I adopted Bento in 2010 from a shelter. This cat makes me make art. He's always motivating me to draw pictures of him. He just is motivating artistically. He's my best friend, but a lot of people know him as Keyboard Cat. Keyboard Cat, YouTube star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Start yours today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. It's the bottom of the hour. Now the top stories from KPL965.com. A measure is on its way to the governor of Mississippi that will allow for the removal of the Confederate emblem from the state's flag. The state's Senate passed a measure to remove the symbol just hours after the state house did the same thing. Governor Tate Reeves says he'll sign the bill. Mississippi is the last state to still have the Confederate flag on its state flag. Vice President Mike Pence is encouraging the use of masks. During a visit to Dallas yesterday, Pence said it's especially the case when social distancing isn't possible. Texas Governor Greg Abbott described the recent spike in coronavirus infections in the Lone Star State as a, quote, very swift and very dangerous turn. Abbott also encouraged everyone to wear a mask and get back to washing their hands frequently. The push comes as Dallas County set another single-day record for coronavirus infections, with 570 new cases reported yesterday. President Trump says the vast, silent majority will help him win in the upcoming election. He tweeted his expectations before slamming Joe Biden, referring to the presumptive Democratic presidential nominee as Sleepy Joe. Trump added that no one wants a low-IQ person in charge of the country. The president's tweets come as most national polls give Biden a double-digit lead over Trump. 
The FBI is investigating after a noose was found in a black firefighter's locker in Bloomington, Minnesota. Fire Chief Yuli Seal says acts of hate and intimidation are not tolerated at the station. He also praised the firefighter's bravery for calling attention to the noose. It was found on June 15th, but wasn't reported until the 23rd. Bloomington Mayor Tim Buss says the city has strict workplace policies forbidding this type of behavior, adding the situation will be dealt with aggressively. A man in Virginia is behind bars after being accused of burning a cross on the front lawn of his black neighbor's home. Federal authorities say James Michael Brown, who is white, was taken into custody on June 14th for the incident. And the 40-year-old Brown was arrested by the FBI on Friday. Witnesses said that Brown admitted to the cross-burning and using racial slurs when referring to the family. A San Diego Starbucks worker is receiving tips from thousands of people, so far amounting to more than $82,000. Lennon Gutierrez gained support after a woman posted a photo shaming him on Facebook for not serving her coffee because she was not wearing a mask. She claims she has a medical reason not to wear one. Matt Cohen started a GoFundMe page in order to offer Gutierrez tips for standing up to someone who was breaking California's law requiring masks in public. So far, more than 6,300 people have chipped in. A former league MVP is signing with the New England Patriots. Cam Newton has signed with the six-time Super Bowl champions, according to multiple outlets this weekend. He's expected to compete with Jared Steidem for starting quarterback position to take over for Tom Brady. He left for Tampa Bay in free agency. The incentive-laden deal is worth up to $7.5 million, according to the NFL Network. The House and Senate returned to Capitol Hill, tackling major items ahead of the July 4th recess. Fox's Jared Halpern has more. Much of the week in the Senate is expected to be devoted to the National Defense Authorization Act, an annual Pentagon policy bill usually passed with bipartisan majorities. But this year's bill in the Senate includes a provision requiring the Pentagon to rename several military installations honoring Confederate generals. The amendment has support from some Republicans, but President Trump says he won't agree to it. The House, meantime, is scheduled to take up a major infrastructure bill, a $1.5 trillion measure Democrat supporters say will create new jobs, combat climate change, and rebuild urban, suburban, and rural communities. Jared Halpern, Fox News. President Trump disputes that he failed to act on intelligence that Russia paid terrorists to attack U.S. troops in Afghanistan. Fox's Rich Edson has more. Senator Lindsey Graham, Republican from South Carolina, tweeted, quote, Imperative Congress get to the bottom of recent media reports that Russian GRU, or military intelligence units in Afghanistan, have offered to pay the Taliban to kill American soldiers with the goal of pushing America out of the region. The president responded to Graham, quote, Intel just reported to me that they did not find this info credible and therefore did not report it to me or vice president. Possibly another fabricated Russia hoax, maybe by the fake news New York Times wanting to make Republicans look bad. That was Fox's Rich Edson. Daily coronavirus cases rising in states like Texas, Florida, Arizona, and California, and how to keep it from turning it into a political debate. Here's your morning montage. We're seeing surging in cases in counties, especially in in the southern parts of the United States. Um, We've gotten reports from our governors that the majority of the positive cases we're seeing are age 35 and under. A large number of those are going to be asymptomatic. Uh, We've got our fatality rates and our hospitalization rates are the lowest they've been in two months. But this is a very serious situation. I think we're still in the first wave. And this is uh, a continuation of the first wave. And it was a failed effort to stop the first wave 
initiative in the country. It's clear across the Sun Belt that there's something happening, particularly among younger Americans. Testing, 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 tracing, treating, isolating, wearing masks, washing your hands. There is a way to do it. And instead of what the administration did, deny, delay, death, we have to, it's time for this administration to take this seriously. A mixture of sunshine and clouds throughout the course of the day today will go with about a 20% chance for an isolated shower out there. Not going to have a whole lot of active weather the next couple of days. Temperatures are going to work their way into the low 90s. Heat index is going to be pushing the triple digits in the afternoon. Winds coming from the south at about 5 to 10 miles an hour. May see a gust or two kick up as we get a little further into the afternoon. Lows going to drop into the upper 70s, a more or less repeat of the forecast coming up for tomorrow. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, traffic. All right, we have an accident with injuries. Working right now, Highway 90 Cameron Street in the Doosan area at Hanks Road. That's an accident with injuries. Hanks Road at Highway 90 uh, at Cameron right there near the Doosan area. If there's anything else we need to know about, you can give us a call at 232-1542. This traffic report is brought to you by ExpressPros.com. Looking for an easier way to find your next job? Well, it's time to get to know Express Employment Professionals. Find a location near you at ExpressPros.com. 637 now. Let's begin the week with my five most important tips to make you look your best on all your video calls. Your Monday Consumer Tech Update is brought to you by SimpliSafe, designed to be easy to use while protecting your whole home 24-7. Go to SimplySafeKim.com and get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. Number one, treat all video calls just as if you're on live television. Your room is your studio set. Light yourself well. Keep the room window in front of you, never behind. Number two, Never slouch. Sit up straight, comb your hair, and check your makeup. Treat video calls as if you're making a live presentation in front of real people, because you are. Number three, clean up and pare down whatever's behind you. Unload the bookshelves. Make them straight and professional. Less is always more. Number four, when you're not talking, mute your mic. And number five, when it is your turn to talk, make eye contact directly into the webcam. Do not let your eyes dart around, and always smile as much as possible. I'm Kim Commando. In today's digital world, identity protection is an absolute necessity. There's a big identity protection company out there, but did you know there's a better one? I switched to Identity Guard, and here's why. First, their security is top-notch. Identity Guard has been around for almost 25 years and has helped protect nearly 50 million people, and never once have they been breached. That's powerful security. Second, they protect you with some of the fastest alerts in the industry. You'll receive credit-related alerts in near real-time. In fact, Identity Guard is the only provider that integrates directly with all three credit bureaus. And why does speed matter? Because the sooner you're alerted that someone is using your identity, the sooner you can stop it. And third, they're offering an incredible deal. Get up to 33% off with plans starting at less than $7 a month at IdentityGuard.com Kim. That's identityguard.com slash Kim, identityguard.com slash Kim. It is 639 now on Newstalk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to Acadiana's Morning News. 
So, you know, Steve Peliquin joins us, and I, I bring him on for sports, obviously, because it's what he does over at ESPN 1420, but he may also be our classic TV, um, I guess, uh, expert as well. Good morning to you, Steve Peliquin. I don't know about that, but good morning, Rob. Yeah, How are you? Well, I, you you know more about it than anyone else, anyone else that I know, and I have confirmed for you that that Card Sharks is coming back. ABC. It. It is coming back to ABC. Well, that's really good news. You know, I did not, uh, I did not know that. I'm a, I'm a Core Sharks fan from uh, from years gone by. So that's uh, that's extremely, extremely good news. You made me a happy man this morning. Now, um, every time, and what made me think about it was the bumper music we just used was the Jackson Five, and and you did remind me um, they were the Jackson Five, but then the Jacksons, and they had a show, and I told you a couple weeks ago I know nothing about that except if it wasn't on the VH1 movie, I don't know. And what happened to those? What happened to movies like that? Like the the evening, you know, the movies like the primetime network, kind of like TV movies. What happened to those? Oh yeah, when I was when I was growing up, they used to have the movie of the week, yeah. which was uh, which was pretty good. They also had um, on uh, well ABC, but I think uh, NBC and CBS did it as uh, as well. Was the late movie, and it used to be a big deal, you know, as a kid, if you would be able to stay up. Uh, late to watch the late movie, which normally came on at uh, at ten thirty, following the, uh, the the local news. But once networks started, uh, well, once other networks started popping up, I mean, when I was growing up, there was CBS, NBC, and ABC, and you had PBS. Once other networks started popping up, they started playing a lot of those movies, um, you know, themselves. And once once cable started expanding, like TBS. I mean, TBS would basically play uh, the you know, the movie of the week and you know stuff like that pretty much all day long, right before the three Stooges and the Flintstones at mm-hmm. uh, at uh, at two o'clock. What about? Are you old enough to remember the ABC After School Special? Okay, we not when they were actually on, but a lot of my social studies teachers during the my, growing up, they would play the old ones. It was old for us, you know, but but yes, especially the one. What was it about how they taught communism? It was called The Wave. And it was all about like kind of this like secret society at a high school. And The Wave oh, yeah. was supposed to explain to people, you know, how groupthink works and how why it's not really good in the end, you know? <laughs> the, uh, the ABC after school special four o'clock central on uh, on ABC that used to be pretty awesome used to go home school and uh, and watch that so yeah you know th- those things are fun uh, fun to remember but again once other networks started to come about and especially with the expansion of cable television you could pretty much catch those movies wasn't, yeah. uh, or movies like them with the you know with the same type of uh, message you sh- you could be able to catch them pretty much all day long. Okay, let's turn to sports. Cam Newton has a new home in the NFL for at least one year. What do you think about that move? I know that, you know, he's a very polarizing guy. I mean, he just is. There's some people that love him. There's some people that hate him. I think the people that, that hate him are, they don't like, you know, with the, the pulling of the Superman shirt. And you, you go back to his, his college days where, uh, you know, the, the there was rumors of some other table things happening between him and and Florida, who he originally you know signed with, and then you know he and Auburn. He's not the quarterback that he was. He's not the quarterback that he was in 2015 um, when he won the MVP. But he showed in 2018 when he was healthy that he still has something to offer. I do love the signing by the Patriots because they say that Jared Stidham is ready to be a quarterback. Okay, but what if he's not? 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, you're buying insurance. And if Cam Newton's a quarterback, and I think he will be. I mean, I think Cam still has something left in the tank enough for him to be the quarterback. But he's a guy that is kind of damaged goods right now. I mean, you know, you don't know about his his shoulder, uh, which, you know, had, was injured last year. He's He's been a running quarterback a lot throughout his career, so he's taken a lot of hits. So he's got a lot of bumps and bruises. So he's probably not a guy that's going to be able to make it through a 16-game schedule. But yeah. if he doesn't, then you have Jared Stenham to fall back on. So, you know, I, I'm not, you know, Jared, uh, I'm sorry, Cam Newton played for, for, the, uh, for, for the Panthers. So being a Saints fan, I have no, you know, love for who he played for or anything, but I'm not. I'm okay as Cam Newton as a as a as a quarterback and whatnot, but I understand his limitations. I'm no big Patriot lover, but just as a football fan, I gotta say, at first glance, I think it's a really good signing for the Patriots. You know, I I do think that they needed somebody, and you know, you sort of need that Teddy Bridgewater. You know, you just you just need that, especially kind of given the void that Tom Brady has left. I I'm anxious to see sort of what happens, and you know. It just sort of remains to be seen if the organization is really as strong as it is, or was it just a Tom Brady thing? You know, generally, what do you think about that? Does does the quarterback set the set the tone? Is there going to be a void? Are they going to be the same Patriots that are always Super Bowl contenders every year? I think they're going to be Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, I really do. Last season, Tom Brady showed signs of aging big time. Uh, the, the still the biggest thing about Tom Brady is I think the, the thing that's going to help him with the Buccaneers is that he doesn't turn over the football, which is, you know, there's something to be said for that. I mean, you know, as talented as Jameis Winston is, with the Saints, he threw 30 interceptions last year. Tom Brady's not going to do that. You know, Cam is probably going to try to force the ball a little bit more. He's going to be intercepted, but he, I think he could still make plays. And that's why I think that the signing by the Patriots is a good one because they were very close to winning it all last year. I mean, really, maybe just like a, a, a couple of plays away, um, their receivers were banged up. You know, Brady didn't have a whole lot of people to throw the ball to. I just couldn't see Bill Belichick, who's not at his age right now and as, as successful as he's been, to go in there with Jared Stedham and you know Brian Hoyer at, uh, at 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 quarterback. I just think that they needed an insurance policy, and I think they got one. And he was the biggest name out there and the best name. Everybody else was was set and ready to go with new teams. I really thought it was only a matter of time before the Patriots picked up uh, you know, a guy like Cam Newton, which they did. So yeah. I think that entering 2020, you know, the, the AFC East has gotten better. You know, the Dolphins are, are, are young and talented. The Bills are probably ready to make that next step up. And then in the AFC, I mean, I think the team to beat is the Ravens. You know, Lamar Jackson continues to emerge as one of the more exciting players in the game. They have a good defense. But, no, I think the Patriots are still very much Super Bowl continues now. As a matter of fact, they're better today than they were on Friday. So kudos to them for signing Cam Newton. Wow. Well, good for them. Stevie P is apparently a fan. Steve, thanks for joining us. You can listen to Stevie P and read all of his writing, ESPN1420.com, and, of course, on air, ESPN 1420. Thanks, Steve. Good talking to you. It's been a pleasure. As always, 647 now at News Talk 96.5 KPL. Coming up, the Fox News Sunday interview with former CDC director Tom Freeman. 
Joining us now, former CDC director, Dr. Tom Frieden. Doctor, I want to start with the spread of the virus these past two weeks. There was on Friday more than 45,000 new cases, a new single day high for our country. And 13 states at record highs for their seven day average of new cases. But Vice President Pence said this. We have made truly remarkable progress in moving our nation forward. We've all seen the encouraging news as we open up America again. Doctor, are we making truly remarkable progress? And is that the right message to be sending to the nation at this moment? Well, there's no doubt we're doing more testing. Our hospitals are better prepared. But there's also no doubt that the virus has the upper hand. This virus is not going to go away on its own. We have to stop it, and only we can do that by working together. We're all sick and tired of staying home, but you know what? The virus is not tired of making us sick. And what we're seeing, particularly in southern states, but in most parts of the U.S., is the virus increasing, and in some states, increasing explosively. Let me drill down on that. How do you explain the new surge in cases, especially in the South and the West? Did some states in those regions, did they open up too soon, reopen too soon and without enough restrictions? Well, Chris, as I said to you six weeks ago today, um, this is going to backfire. We're moving too fast. If you open when cases are still increasing, as many states did, it's like leaning into a left hook. You're gonna get hit hard, and that's what's happening. When we see Arizona, Texas, Florida, South Carolina, they are currently in a rapid upswing. And sad to say, this is going to continue to get worse for weeks because the physical distancing that they're implementing now will only take effect, you don't see it for another few weeks. So we're going to see a few more weeks of increases in all likelihood in several states. Now there's some comfort in the fact that it's younger people, but what starts in the young doesn't stay in the young. Younger people have parents, uncles, nephews, they go out to uh, places to buy food and we're going to see increasing spread. That's why the three W's are so important. Wear a mask, wash your hands or use sanitizer, and watch your distance. There's something everyone can do. We are really all in this together. And if we work together, we can help control the virus and get our economy back. Public health and health issues are not getting in the way of our recovery. They are the route to our recovery. Doctor, uh, one of the arguments you hear is that the reason we're seeing a surge in new cases is because we're seeing a surge in more testing. Here's President Trump on that this week. We have more cases because we do the greatest testing. If we didn't do testing, we'd have no cases. Is this surge a function of more testing or is it a reflection of the fact that the virus is actually spreading? As a doctor, a scientist, an epidemiologist, I can tell you with 100% certainty that in most states where you're seeing an increase, it is a real increase. It is not more tests, it is more spread of the virus. And the one number to look at that's very important is the percent of tests that's positive. The number of cases, that can vary some because we're only diagnosing, oh, 10, 20% of all cases. So the numbers you're seeing are just a reflection, a tip of the iceberg of even more spread. But where the numbers are increasing, you've got Arizona with nearly one out of four tests positive, and at the same time you're increasing the number of tests, 
I can tell you for with absolute certainty that's explosive spread of coronavirus. While we're seeing the number of cases explode up 65 percent in the last two weeks, we're seeing the number of deaths actually drop 27 percent. How do you explain that? There are a few things going on. First off, deaths will lag cases by about a month. Uh, it takes some time for someone to feel sick, get hospitalized, and unfortunately die. Second, the cases do appear to be in younger people now, and the death rate is far, far, far lower in younger people than older. But as I said earlier, what starts in young adults doesn't stay in young adults. So there may be a lag until we see cases. It's possible that older people are shielding themselves more. And we're also getting better at caring for the disease in hospitals. So the explosive spread isn't being followed yet by an explosive increase in deaths, but what we are seeing in some states already is a big increase in intensive care unit uh, admissions, and that's a sign that this is not benign. This is going to result in more deaths. We estimate in the next month we'll see at least 15,000 more deaths in the U.S. Meanwhile, this has all become even more of a political issue, as everything seems to be in this country. Seventy-six percent of Democrats say that they wear a mask all or most of the time, as compared to 53 percent of Republicans. And this week, 3,000 young supporters of the president packed a church in Arizona, as you can see on the screen here, almost none of them wearing masks. Here is Vice President Pence. The freedom of speech and the right to peaceably assemble is enshrined in the Constitution of the United States. Uh, and even in a health crisis, the American people don't forfeit our constitutional rights. I'm asking you this as the former head of the CDC, one of the leading public health experts in the country. As a matter of public health, not a matter of constitutional law, what do you think when you see hundreds, thousands of people close together indoors not wearing masks? The science is clear. More people with less ventilation indoors with a high rate of coronavirus not wearing masks, that is a formula for explosive spread of the virus. Finally, uh, President Trump continues to say that we're going to see a vaccine, his words, very soon, perhaps by before the end of the year. What is the likelihood of that? Give us a reality check on when we can really begin to think about a vaccine. Although we're seeing really encouraging progress, there's now evidence that people do get immunity. It may be protective. There are more than 100 vaccine candidates being evaluated. Some of them are looking good in some preliminary studies. It's really hard to develop a vaccine because you have to make sure it's safe. There's already too much suspicion about vaccines. We can't cut any corners. We have to make sure it's safe, it's effective, figure out the right dose, decide who's going to get it first, develop it, um, uh, uh, manufacture large quantities, get it out there, set up systems to track for bad reactions. This is not a quick fix. It's really important to do. It's the single most important thing we can do to fight coronavirus. And that's why it's so important. We have to do it carefully. Can't cut any corners. May have it next year, but what having it means means a little different. It means that people are going to start to have availability for healthcare workers, for example, but we have to make sure it's safe and effective before we put it into people's arms.
Dr. Frieden, thank you. The Rush Morning Update is brought to you by Luxury Limo of Lafayette. Book your next traveling party at LuxuryLimoOfLafayette.net. Well, the geniuses at Politico think they figured out President Trump's re-election strategy. They say it is to wage a never-ending war with states. The president supposedly targeting blue state governors the way he used to go after Congress, calling them weak and pathetic. Now, Politico claims that this strategy emerged during the coronavirus pandemic and that it hasn't stopped. They say the press secretary, Kayleigh McEnany, boosted Trump's strategy this week because she blamed governors for the violence and chaos in their streets and reminded the governors that they are responsible for policing those riot-torn streets. There's only one thing missing from this analysis by Politico, and that's the truth. The tensions between President Trump and the blue states began long before the coronavirus. It started day one, as President Trump demanded that states follow federal immigration law. It was heightened when Trump got rid of Obama-era environmental policies that hurt business. And since Politico brought it up, let's talk about the pandemic. It's obvious that some blue state governors are doing everything they can to keep their states closed, despite the economic harm they have caused. And they're still causing. It's the blue states that are playing politics. It's the blue states that want to keep their states crumbling all the way through November. They're the ones waging a never-ending war on President Trump. That's what's pathetic. And it's also the truth. Politico got it back-asswards. Folks, it is once again my privilege to join Mahindra in honoring those who have so bravely served our country. It's time for the seventh annual Mahindra Military Salute Giveaway. To celebrate our Independence Day, the 4th of July, we will randomly select one deserving service member to receive a new Mahindra 4540 four-wheel drive tractor. It's a real deal. Tough as nails. Compact utility tractor with an impressive loader and three-point lift capacities. So help us find a brave American to receive this rugged Mahindra. To nominate somebody who is active duty or a veteran of the military and to get official rules, visit RushLimbaugh.com and look for the Mahindra Military Salute Giveaway. Thanks to Mahindra, the official tractor of tough. And God bless all of you who protect our freedom. Take advantage of rock bottom prices and great financing on new Mahindra subcompact, compact, or utility tractors or Mahindra utility vehicles. To find your dealer and test drive a Mahindra, please visit WhyMahindra.com. News Talk 96.5 KPEL Brobridge Lafayette I'm Dave Anthony Fox News this time in Afghanistan and Republicans and Democrats want answers in a New York Times report Russia offered to pay Taliban militants to kill U.S. soldiers. The Times reported the president and National Security Council discussed the Russian bounties in late March, devised options to respond, and officials are still waiting for the president to choose a response. Some Democrats are calling for hearings. Fox's Rich Edson, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi told ABC's This Week. I don't know what the Russians have on the president politically, personally, financially, or whatever it is. 
is, but he wants to ignore. But the president tweeted late last night he didn't know that intelligence told him and it didn't find the report credible. Therefore, it wasn't reported to him back then. He added it maybe another fabricated Russia hoax. Russia, meanwhile, calls it all lies. In Afghanistan today, a cattle market hit by rocket fire, killing at least 23 civilians. California has ordered bars to close in seven counties, adding to other states closing places or pausing reopenings with a record surge in new coronavirus cases in many states, including Texas, where Vice President Pence went. Younger Americans have uh, have been congregating uh, in ways that uh, may have disregarded the guidance that we gave on the federal level. Change is coming to Mississippi. The flag that's flown there for 126 years will get a makeover. Fox's Evan Brown has this live. Uh, Dave, uh, since 1894, Mississippi state flag used a Confederate icon as its canton. Now both houses of the state legislature vote bipartisanly to change the flag. And Mississippi Republican Governor Tate Reeves says he will sign it. There were demonstrators outside the state capitol in Jackson as the lawmakers voted this weekend waving the flag, insisting the Confederate image stood for heritage. It's the last flag in the Union to feature it. Mississippi voters will be able to pick a new design for the flag this November, Dave. America's listening to Fox News. It's already a number one bestseller, and it's called Blitz. Trump will smash the left and win. By famed author David Horowitz, Blitz makes predictions about President Trump that will shock you. He also warns about radical groups like Antifa. Blitz is at bookstores, or get the free offer and save $28. Just call 800-NEWSMAX or go to Blitz411.com. Blitz411.com. Mike Huckabee says if everyone read Blitz, Trump would win. Newsmax says it's the best book for 2020. Call 800-NEWSMAX for the free offer now. We're all in uncharted territory, looking for ways to support our communities. At Dell Technologies, we're making sure small businesses have the right tech solutions. Dell Technologies advisors are here for you, from helping small businesses stay connected and productive while working remotely with Windows 10 and Microsoft Teams, to rapidly deploying remote work solutions that limit upfront costs with Dell Financial Services. We're standing by you every step of the way. Call 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. President Trump has taken off Twitter, something he put there over the weekend that caused a lot of controversy. It was video from a clash of protesters at the villages in Florida. The tweet thanks supporters for defending the president in the midst of protests. A video attached to the tweet showed a man yelling, white power. That post was deleted late Sunday morning, but South Carolina GOP Senator Tim Scott said on CBS Face the Nation that it was inappropriate. We should have the same response with the same uh, type of energy that we have for those folks we've, we know have been disadvantaged for so long. We should stand up and say, that's not right. Scott did say he watched the entire clip in context and called all of it terrible, including displays from both sides. Grinnell Scott. Fox News. And the White House says the president did not hear that person shout white power in the video before his tweet. On Wall Street, stock futures are rising up nearly 200 points now for the Dow ahead of today's opening bell. The New England Patriots have found a new quarterback. The team has found a possible replacement to legendary quarterback Tom Brady by working out a one-year contract with longtime Panthers quarterback Cam Newton. The Patriots also got fined $1.1 million by the NFL for use of another 
cam, a video camera that the league said the team used inappropriately last year when it filmed the sidelines of the Cincinnati Bengals during a game against the Cleveland Browns ahead of a matchup between the Patriots and the Bengals, a possible attempt to gain an advantage over an opponent. It also cost the Pats a third-round draft pick next year. The number one overall pick of the 2011 draft, three-time Pro Bowl quarterback Cam Newton will compete for the Patriots' starting quarterback job. One-year contract loaded with incentives could be worth up to $7.5 million. Jared Max, Fox News. Danny Hamlin won the NASCAR race at Pocono, and Dustin Johnson was the PGA Golf Tournament winner in Connecticut. I'm Dave Anthony, and this is Fox News. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. Good morning, I'm Rob Kirkpatrick in the KPL News Studio. We'll get up to 92 degrees today. It'll be a hot one, just a 20% chance of afternoon showers. You'll have your full forecast from KTC's Daniel Phillips coming up on the show. The Acadiana chapter of the American Cancer Society has asked Jamie Bajron to step down as its Spirit of Hope honoree. A ceremony to mark the honor is due to happen in August. Bajron is a cancer survivor and former paramedic who was fired last week due to recent public social media posts that many deemed racist. The local chapter says the posts do not reflect the values of the American Cancer Society. Louisiana's frontline workers are getting closer to getting that one-time hazard pay stipend of $250. That money would go to essential workers such as grocery store workers, bus drivers, law enforcement officers, and healthcare workers who stayed on the job during the pandemic. The legislation needs approval from the Louisiana House before it can be sent to the governor's office. Chances are looking really good for passage in the House since the Senate approved the legislation last week with a 38-0 to zero vote. On Wednesday, one group of heroes will salute another group of heroes as Louisiana National Guard has announced plans for a hospital flyover in five cities across the state. Assuming Mother Nature will cooperate, eight UH-60 Black Hawk helicopters will make a Passover hospitals in Lafayette, Slidell, Hammond, Alexandria, Lake Charles, Monroe, and Shreveport. It may not be an inoculation to the coronavirus, but it could a vaccine for measles, mumps, and rubella help prevent the most severe complications from COVID-19? Kevin Barnhart explains. Children don't seem to be as affected by COVID as adults are. The mortality rates are much, much less. And they get these live attenuated vaccines all the way through their childhood. So LSU Health New Orleans researcher Dr. Paul Fidel suggests that the common childhood vaccine can activate nonspecific immune cells to train the white blood cells of the immune system to mount a more effective defense. We think it's a low-risk, high-reward sort of response to this pandemic. The game plan is to test the treatment on primates as well as humans. I'm Kevin Barnhart. Housing advocates warn Louisiana is likely to suffer a substantial wave of evictions after enhanced federal assistance for rent and unemployment ends on July 31st. Center for Planning Excellence CEO Camille Manning-Broom says due to Louisiana's service-based economy, they estimate 69,000 to 132,000 of renter households are at risk once benefits end. Having a roof over your head is a basic need and a basic necessity. We can't allow individuals to fall into homelessness, at, especially at this magnitude. Nationally, that number is estimated to be nearly 7 million. Urban Footprint CEO Joe DiStefano says that compared to other states, Louisiana has the third highest risk of evictions. 
He said it's due to the COVID economy. So we're estimating that the six-month rental assistance needed for these renters ranges from about 230 to about $430 million. And that's really to close what we call the rent gap. DiStefano says a wave of evictions at this scale would destabilize communities and drastically strain state services. Beyond the, you know, the most critical impacts, which are those on these, you know, very specifically on families and individuals, you know, it starts to build up into a community and regional and statewide issue. Now, both organizations are asking the Louisiana congressional delegation to back the $100 billion Emergency Rental Assistance and Rental Market Stabilization Act of 2020 to head off the crisis. The State Department of Education says school bus capacity will be capped at 50% in August if the state remains in phase two when classes resume. Here's Matt Doyle. State Superintendent of Education Cade Brumley says districts are making plans to adjust to the possibility that we don't hit phase three before schools reopen. If that's the case, he anticipates parents will be asked to drive their kids to school if at all possible, and hybrid education will likely be needed. There's a strong likelihood that you will see this hybrid model of, of education in many systems that includes distance and or congregate. Under phase three, School buses can run at 75% capacity. I'm Matt Doyle. A former director of the CDC says the country is playing catch-up in the battle against COVID-19. On Fox News Sunday, Dr. Tom Frieden says that things are going to get worse for a few weeks because it'll take a while for physical distancing measures to have an effect again. Four police officers in San Jose are suspended and under investigation for making racist remarks on social media. The investigation is based on a post on Medium by an anonymous author, which includes screenshots of posts from a private Facebook group. The pictures include posts by a retired officer calling the Black Lives Matter protesters, quote, racist idiots and enemies. The NFL is slapping the New England Patriots with a hefty fine and taking away a draft pick. The league is giving a $1.1 million penalty and taking a 2021 third-round draft pick as a result of the club's television crew filming the field and sideline during the December 8th game against the Cincinnati Bengals and Cleveland Browns. And finally, the Department of Justice says cards circulating online claiming the holder is exempt from wearing a mask in public, well, they're fake. Many cities have made wearing masks mandatory in public in the wake of a spike in COVID-19 cases. The DOJ warns against the card from the so-called Freedom to Breathe Agency. These are strange times. Make sure of sunshine and clouds out there today with an isolated shower possible. Rain chances going to be staying at about 20%. We're going to have temperatures work their way into the low 90s today. Heat index is going to be closer to the triple digits. It's a hot, muggy day out there today. Ten lows tonight drop down to about 77. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. And we've already cracked the 80-degree mark here. Your weather update is brought to you by Service Chevrolet Cadillac at 1212 and 1214 in Bass Caffrey, not far from I-10. Stop by their pre-owned center for your dream car. It's waiting for you. Seven Eleven now at Newstalk 96.5. KPL, the Jackie Russo joins me in studio. Good morning. Good morning. You're sitting in for the vacationing Bernadette Lee today. Indeed I am. We're going to be talking about branding issues and the things you are an expert in coming up. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about happiness. And Pamela Gail Johnson joins us on the phone. She is the founder of the Secret Society of Happy People. Good morning to you, Pamela. How are you? 
Good morning. How are y'all? So we, we, we're we doing great. We were just playing the song, My Girl, and this, the song goes, I've got sunshine on a cloudy day. It seems there are a lot of people who have clouds on a cloudy day because they're not happy right now, according to a new survey. Tell us about it. Well, that survey was taken the last week in May, and I think one of the re- one of the reasons that people are unhappier than they've been in fifty years is they they said it was loneliness and I you know being feeling isolated, mm-hmm. which is obviously very directly related to our current pandemic situation. Having said that, we actually started kind of doing a downturn on our happy feeling starting a couple of years ago. So I think this past few months has just kind of, you know, put that on, um, it has accelerated that. So that in-person, you know, conversation, giving someone a hug, I'll tell you down here in the South, I mean, it's the thing I miss the most. I was thrilled when the CDC said, actually, a hug is better than a handshake. And so I said, well, I'm, t- I'm back on with the hugs. I- I'm just, I'm just going to do it. It brings me happiness to feel close to someone else. And that's a big part of happiness. No, it is. Just make sure you're hugging people who are wanting to be hugged. No, yes, <laughs> yes. With permission, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. some people just aren't hugging on the best of days. Yes, no, I hear you. Even when there's no pandemic. Uh, um, but, but no, it probably is safer than using our hands. I'm going to be curious to see. Um, I've seen, I heard of a documentary that I have not gotten to see yet that I think one, I think Japan had a window a few years ago where they had everybody really washing their hands. They're not a super handshake culture anyway, mm-hmm. but had everybody washing their hands. And they noticed that year lower, lower, you know, normal flu. Oh, yeah. Because people were being very germ aware. Yes. I guess would be the right word. Let me I'm tell be you. curious as to how that translates here. In this station building that we're in right now, you can't walk four feet without there being a hand sanitizer dispenser. And I hope they all stay. Because it's great. You, you walk into the studio. If you see right over there, Jackie, you can get some. Then you, when you leave, you can get some more. I They're mean, it's everywhere. Perfect. They are everywhere. So let, let me just ask you about some of these numbers, Pamela. Um, back, uh, mm-hmm. let's see, 14% of American adults in this most recent survey say they're very happy. That's down from 31% just two years ago. And then you talk about in that same year, uh, 2018 survey, 23% of people said they sometimes feel isolated. Now that's 50%. And I would imagine this was happening even before we were dealing with the COVID-19. People have social media. Maybe they're not leaving their house. They're sitting there and, I don't know, having food delivered to them, watching movies on Netflix and just have their phone. That could be very isolating. No, I think social media, without question, has has created a, a certain sense of we kind of live a virtual life sometimes versus actually going and experiencing life. And even when people are out doing stuff, do you ever notice that they're so busy taking pictures and selfies, they may not even be paying attention to the event. <laughs> they're trying to document the, the event. I know. And you know what? Sometimes so you don't we, even go back to look at those pictures. You take all those pictures and then you forget. You didn't enjoy the moment, and then you didn't even look back at the pictures. Yeah, it's it's one of those it's one of those things that people I think are in general learning. So I do think during this time, one of the most important things that we do is that we actually pick up the phone and call people. You know, if you can't see them, in, if you can see them in person, great, and if you can do it safely, great. Whatever safe is for for you and, and where you live, because we do live in different pockets where 
I'm in the Dallas area, so, you know, we ha- we're having a big spike. And so you need to be much more careful because you don't want your hospital systems to be overwhelmed. Yep. I mean, that's kind of one of the uh, – it's also about getting sick, but like I said, you also want – if somebody has a heart attack for them to be able to get to the to an emergency room if they need to. So it's about being responsible where you live. You may live in a city where you're not having that kind of a spike. So you get to be a little bit more social. Pamela Gale Johnson, um, founder of the Secret Society of Happy People back in 1998. Um, You have dedicated your life to unlocking the secret to happiness and helping employees be happier at work. It's good talking to you. Thanks for your time. How do we join? Is there a secret handshake? I need to know how to get in on this. It's not a secret handshake right now during (laughs) the pandemic. Is Is there something secret we could do, Pamela, to get involved? Oh, she hung up on us. Well, our she time was up. I was mostly asking you. It's like, how do you, like, do we need to form our own Acadiana version of this? Of a, of a secret deal. Because we're a happy city. We're well, a happy community. It, how do we get in? It could be like the Jeep wave. Oh. You know, where Jeepers wave to each other. Sure. I was driving. My uh, sister-in-law has a Jeep Wrangler. You know, it's like, you know, it's rugged. It's fun. Way too loud for me. I wouldn't be able to handle it. Uh, but it, but you know what? It's fun. It's right? a fun ride. Um, and all these people just started waving at me. Right. I didn't know about the Jeep wave. I mean, no. Oh, nobody had told you. No one had told me. And so then I'm like, oh, cool. So then I waved at the Jeep Grand Cherokee, and they're like, no, we don't, we don't no, mess no, with them. No. They're not part of our club. No, Michael has a Wrangler. It's a Wrangler thing. And it is a Wrangler right. wave. Yeah. Okay. Quick break here. Jackie Russo's in studio with us, and here's the question I want you to ponder over this quick break we have: Are the wheels coming off of Facebook? Is the end nigh? <laughs> We're going to ask Jackie Russo when we return. It's 718 now at Newstalk 96.5 KPL. the power of Fox News Radio to cover the big issues that matter to you. News Talk 96.5. KPL. Depend on it.
724. Welcome back to Acadiana's Morning News. All right, Jackie. So there is this ad boycott on Facebook. Right. And now you have, you have all these executives from Facebook that you never even knew existed because, you know, Mark Zuckerberg is the front man, uh, you know, as he probably should be on many of these cases. He's one of the founders and he's sort of been at the helm. Doesn't like to wear a start shirt, but that's OK. That's something people got over. Um you know, but for the first time in the company's history, I mean, you have some big brands. Uh, this weekend, Coca-Cola was one um, that said they were done um, advertising, at least for right now. And it's all part of this big push that basically says, Facebook, we don't like you because you have figured out a way to profit off of all sorts of speech. And it in, and you, you become a place where people can have hate speech and you let it live there and everything else. Now, Facebook and Twitter forever had sort of been on the same page about this and said, oh, wait, hold up. We're just the platform. We're just the stage. Um, hold the people accountable for doing it. You know, don't don't come to us. That has sort of shifted. Twitter now labeling tweets. However, I don't think they actually have the staff to have made that kind of decision because there's no way they can get it all. You know what I'm saying? It's not automated. It's someone who's actually doing it. So the president often gets the tag, you know, manipulated media or you know, partially false information. Facebook has said they don't want to do that. They are starting to, but this advertiser thing, I don't know. I'm wondering how this turns out. Well, it's going to be interesting. What we're seeing right now is a lot of uh, groups who have partnered with the NAACP and Black Lives Matter to protest this economically. Right. That's how we're supposed to do it. If you don't believe in something somebody's doing, you don't spend your money with them. Um, but it's as if they've forgotten that, first of all, Facebook is a free platform. You, you don't pay to use it. You don't have a membership fee. You don't pay to show up. And so most people are talking into an echo chamber. They're speaking to their followers or their believers, and they're talking directly to them about the things they both agree on topically. So now all of a sudden with this boycott and people pulling their money out from advertising, it, it's not going to equate, I think, to the changes they want Facebook to make, which is to put down the people who disagree with them and raise up the messages that they have. But isn't that the exact point of Facebook? It makes it for the most to be the most comfortable experience ever. Guess what I'm never going to get? I'm never going to get a menopause drug. I'm not right. I'm, you know, I'm in my thirties and I'm a man. Right. I'm never going to get that. And these companies wouldn't do it if they didn't get clicks from it. Right. You know, now, by the way, we know Facebook's always listening. So the menopause drugs will start today. Now they will. They will. Um, cause I showed some interest. <laughs> I talked about it with a friend and, um, you know, but that's what it does. It creates this nice little cocoon of all these things. It's obviously the people that you follow and then it, it it gives you suggestions on other content on other people that sort of fall in line. Um, and that's just been their model forever. It once you get into it, cause see you look at other, other platforms, radio, TV, billboards. Okay. Everyone has to drive by a billboard in theory. You know, you're not just going to have one political group watching a newscast. I mean, it's just, just because of what it has been historically or listening to one. Um, Facebook has said, 
these large advertisers that are pulling out represent about 6% of their revenue, that the vast majority of their revenue is small and medium-sized businesses doing this regularly. Now, I try to think of some small and medium-sized businesses in our own area, and they get a ton of traction putting what their today's special is. Sure. Or, hey, here are temporary hours. Or, take a look at this new dress we just got in. It's these businesses who I think would stand to lose the most if Facebook's platform in the way it is goes away. Right. Which no. is why I think it won't. I would tell you that they frank. stand to lose an enormous amount because they haven't made the investment into building their own fan base uh, through their website or through their blog or through their own subscription model. They've relied on Facebook a megaphone delivering their audience to them because it's free. Mm-hmm. just takes a little bit of time. Yep. And for a lot of these people, they don't even hire professionals. They do it themselves. And so there is no easier path to connection to others than through social media. That megaphone provides that huge audience. But does the audience actually go to a website? Well, we we used to. Yeah. That's how it used to be. Remember 10 years ago, mm-hmm. everybody built their audience around their website and their blog and their own content. Then Facebook and Twitter and Instagram showed up on the scene and all of a sudden the audience was all right there in the arena and you could go grab your people and bring them to your page and it was so much easier and faster and more efficient. So the interesting thing though is that if the role was reversed and in any way Facebook had put some sort of a sensor on any um, NAACP message, any Black Lives Matter message, any protest message, any message of the progressive left, the outrage and outcry would be deafening Mm -hmm. because it would be censorship. But now that same group of people is begging, demanding, blackmailing, threatening Facebook to censor the right. So where do you think Facebook ends up? Zuckerberg, by the way, has had a very good relationship, it seems like, with the White House, you know, the president. I know they've had meetings, you know, before. I mean, what do they do? Do you think they stay the course? I think they're going to yield to the pressure of advertisers. Mm -hmm. I think that's what most people do is they bow to the pressure of the dollar. Uh, But I do think that if their numbers are that they've released are correct and it is only 6% of their revenue, they're not going to bow much. All right. Um, we're going to continue the Facebook conversation after check at the bottom of the hour headlines. The next thing I want to ask you about is the responsibility of Facebook to provide somewhere where free speech is what it's all about and why that's actually not the case because it's just a website at the end of the day. Jackie Russo's here with us. We're going to talk more about Facebook after the bottom of the hour headlines. You're listening to Acadiana's Morning News. I'm Brandon Como, and you're locked into KPL. Get my take on the day's biggest stories alongside Shannon Wilkerson. Offsides, weekdays at 4 on News Talk 96.5. 7. It's the bottom of the hour. Now the top stories from KPL96.5.com. A measure is on its way to the governor of Mississippi that will allow for the removal of the Confederate emblem from the state's flag. The state's Senate passed a measure to remove the symbol just hours after the state house did the same thing. Governor Tate Reeves says he'll sign the bill. Mississippi is the last state to still have the Confederate flag on its state flag. Vice President Mike Pence is encouraging the use of masks. During a visit to Dallas yesterday, Pence said it's especially the case when social distancing isn't possible. Texas Governor Greg Abbott described the recent spike in coronavirus infections in the Lone Star State as a, quote, very swift and very dangerous turn. 
Abbott also encouraged everyone to wear a mask and get back to washing their hands frequently. The push comes as Dallas County set another single-day record for coronavirus infections with 570 new cases reported yesterday. President Trump says the vast, silent majority will help him win in the upcoming election. He tweeted his expectations before slamming Joe Biden, referring to the presumptive Democratic presidential nominee as Sleepy Joe. Trump added that no one wants a low-IQ person in charge of the country. The president's tweets come as most national polls give Biden a double-digit lead over Trump. The FBI is investigating after a noose was found in a black firefighter's locker in Bloomington, Minnesota. Fire Chief Yuli Seal says acts of hate and intimidation are not tolerated at the station. He also praised the firefighter's bravery for calling attention to the noose. It was found on June 15th but wasn't reported until the 23rd. Bloomington Mayor Tim Buss says the city has strict workplace policies forbidding this type of behavior adding the situation will be dealt with aggressively. A man in Virginia is behind bars after being accused of burning a cross on the front lawn of his black neighbor's home. Federal authorities say James Michael Brown, who is white, was taken into custody on June 14th for the incident. And the 40-year-old Brown was arrested by the FBI on Friday. Witnesses said that Brown admitted to the cross burning and using racial slurs when referring to the family. A San Diego Starbucks worker is receiving tips from thousands of people so far amounting to more than $82,000. Lennon Gutierrez gained support after a woman posted a photo shaming him on Facebook for not serving her coffee because she was not wearing a mask. She claims she has a medical reason not to wear one. Matt Cohen started a GoFundMe page in order to offer Gutierrez tips for standing up to someone who was breaking California's law requiring masks in public. So far, more than 6,300 people have chipped in. A former league MVP is signing. With the New England Patriots, Cam Newton has signed with the six-time Super Bowl champions, according to multiple outlets this weekend. He's expected to compete with Jared Steidham for the starting quarterback position to take over for Tom Brady. He left for Tampa Bay in free agency. The incentive-laden deal is worth up to $7.5 million, according to the NFL Network. The House and Senate returned to Capitol Hill, tackling major items ahead of the July 4th recess. Fox's Jared Halpern has more. Much of the week in the Senate is expected to be devoted to the National Defense Authorization Act, an annual Pentagon policy bill usually passed with bipartisan majorities. But this year's bill in the Senate includes a provision requiring the Pentagon to rename several military installations honoring Confederate generals. The amendment has support from some Republicans, but President Trump says he won't agree to it. The House, meantime, is scheduled to take up a major infrastructure bill, a $1.5 trillion measure Democrat Democratic supporters say will create new jobs, combat climate change, and rebuild urban, suburban, and rural communities. Jared Halpern, Fox News. President Trump disputes that he failed to act on intelligence that Russia paid terrorists to attack U.S. troops in Afghanistan. Fox's Rich Edson has more. Senator Lindsey Graham, Republican from South Carolina, tweeted, quote, imperative Congress get to the bottom of recent media reports that Russian GRU or military intelligence units in Afghanistan have offered to pay the Taliban to kill American soldiers with the goal of pushing America out of the region. 
The president responded to Graham, quote, Intel just reported to me that they did not find this info credible and therefore did not report it to me or vice president. Possibly another fabricated Russia hoax, maybe by the fake news New York Times wanting to make Republicans look bad. That was Fox's Rich Edson. Daily coronavirus cases rising in states like Texas, Florida, Arizona and California and how to keep it from turning it into a political debate. Here's your morning montage. We're seeing surging in cases in counties, especially in, southern, in the southern parts of the United States. Um, we've gotten reports from our governors that the majority of the positive cases we're seeing are age 35 and under. A large number of those are going to be asymptomatic. Uh, we've got our fatality rates and our hospitalization rates are the lowest they've been in two months. But this is a very serious situation. I think we're still in the first wave. And this is uh, a continuation of the first wave. And it was a failed effort to stop the first wave in the country. It's clear across the Sun Belt that there's something happening, particularly among younger Americans. Testing, 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 tracing, treating, isolating, wearing masks, washing your hands. There is a way to do it. And instead of what the administration did, deny, delay, death, we have to, it's time for this administration to take this seriously. You're listening to American Ground Radio's Morning Minute. This week we're getting ready for our 4th of July special by asking people from all over the country, what do you think makes America great? But it's not about politics or political parties. It's about bringing people together on our nation's birthday to remember what has made this country the greatest nation the world has ever known. It's full of personal stories of struggles, sacrifices, and successes that could only be written. In America. So join us for our American Ground What Makes America Great 4th of July special. We hope you'll enjoy it and we hope it'll make your celebration of the 4th of July even that much better. American Ground Radio, where building a better America begins with building a better us. Return each Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. with Louis R. Abalone and Stephen Paul. On News Talk 96.5 KPL and streaming live at KPL96.5.com. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, traffic. Getting the all clear right now on the roads of Acadiana, the interstates. They're working just as they should. Make sure you give us an update if you see anything. 232-1542. Seven forty-one now at News Talk ninety-six-five KPL. In this conversation about Facebook, sometimes I feel like we give Facebook as a company too much credit. How do you mean? We want them to be something that it's not. You mean not a for-profit business? Like, correct. Like I mean, they have a higher purpose. That they're just there to get ideas out and to let people talk and to, for you to tell people about their events. But that's with so many different things. You know? well, I think that people forget how all this works, too. When you look at Facebook and you look at Google, you can earn your audience through following the rules. Like Google especially has certain search engine optimization rules you're supposed to follow for your website to rank high in search. Yep. And for Facebook, they tell you, you know, be engaging, put out content that people are interested in, have an audience already Don't developed. Don't contests. Right. Don't say the word win. Right. So all these rules, right? So when you do that and you're interesting, you have a, a specific voice, a unique perspective, 
people will find you. They will share it. They will engage with it. You will grow your own audience organically. Mm -hmm. If you don't have the time or the talent for that, then you just buy your audience. Yeah. You look at these Instagram um, trendsetters. Mm -hmm. What do they call them? Um, Influencers. Influencers. Hate that word. um, So you look at them and you know what you realize when you start to look at these people that have huge followings is it's just regular content. It's not posting once a day. It's posting a hundred times a day. Right. You start to look at these different things. TikTok is a big one. Oh, yeah. That, um, you know what? By the way, I'm too old for TikTok. I feel like once you have a mortgage, <laughs> you are ineligible to have an account. But, you know, everyone was talking about TikTok. Everyone was doing TikToks during the pandemic when everyone was at, you had a stay at home order. I went to the beach. Literally every available ledge was being used by someone who was mm-hmm. TikToking on the beach. If that's what you, is that the verb? TikTok. Oh, that is it. Yes. Um, so I do have an account, okay? I've never posted anything clearly, but I find myself like, oh my gosh, it is the ultimate rabbit hole. You go look at one video and you keep on swiping. You well, keep on swiping. So Michael got into it because of the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, he felt like he needed to know what they were up to and has found this one guy who gives marriage advice. Really? It's fantastic. Okay. Because it's a lot of really bad advice. Uh Let's just be clear. Uh It's all the things that my husband and a lot of husbands do that they shouldn't do. And this guy's suggesting that you do it. And the whole time he's providing this advice on camera, Uh. his wife is behind him making faces. Yeah. And with her, uh, clearly her thoughts on his advice. It's fantastic. What do you know about TikTok? Is it really owned and operated and run by the Communist Party of China? Uh, I don't know that that's an accurate assessment. I've heard people say that. I know. I know. Um, but no, so it was musically. That's how it used to be, right? Musically. It, back okay. in the day, it came out as musically. Uh-huh. And then um, it got hit with so many lawsuits because it was allowing underage kids. And there were a lot of issues with child porn and all these other problems. Gross. And so it had to go through a rebrand. And so it is now TikTok. Okay. Um, ultimately, there are, um, anytime you have a, a large institution like that, I surely do not know everyone that owns a part of it or works there and what Jackie, their political affiliations if you're are. On this show, you better come with answers. <laughs> come with because, the truth. Well, they say it's the Chinese government. Maybe it, they do own a part of it. You know, it very well could be, is my point. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day. But it's fun, so who cares? Well, at that the end of the day, though, like you're saying. don't put things out there you don't want people, anyone, to have access Even to. Even if it's the government of China. Especially if it's the governments of China and Russia. Yeah. Uh, you know, Social media is not private. Yeah. We used to say, you know, people's parents used to say, you know, if you don't want it ever repeated, don't want something ever repeated, don't ever put it in writing. Exactly. Now it's don't ever put it on social media because it's all there. Exactly. Let's talk about cancel culture and how brands and organizations, we're not talking about individuals. That's a whole different topic about how individuals deal in cancel culture. Um you know, I'm seeing a lot of people right now putting on Facebook, you know, you can't say anything anymore. And I couldn't disagree more. Guess I, what? You you need to be smarter. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that you can't put anything on Facebook anymore. You probably should have been putting it to start with if you think it could get you fired from your job. I was doing some research for the blog today because the blog is on building your brand in the time of cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Because to build your brand, you're supposed to be authentic and real. You look at the things that Wendy's social media posts they are sarcastic and inappropriate all the time, but that's their identity. You know, that's their personality. No, you can definitely tell the difference between their two social media 
presences. Yep. So I was doing some research and I found an interesting um, story that came out two weeks ago. A college student who's an intern at one of the big newspapers uh, was in Santa Monica. And um, apparently, uh, although I wasn't there, so I don't have all of the information. But did you hear apparently, about this story? I, I've heard bits and pieces okay. of it. So I, I dug into the rabbit hole because I was curious. <laughs> so she is traveling in a very expensive car with her dad, sees workers boarding up businesses in anticipation of a protest that could lead to a riot. And so she stops, has a conversation with one of the workers who's putting up this plywood. And whether he offered, she asked, unknown. Um, but in the end, a bystander shoots a video of the worker taking a picture of the intern, that's a lot of people, so you got to follow the thread. Yes. Holding a drill, posing for the picture. As if she was boarding up this building. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, I mean, there's no, at this point, it's just a a video of a photo being taken. So nothing has been posted yet. The person who shoots the video posts it and alludes to what they think the intent was. They assume that she's going to take that picture and share it and claim that she was involved in some sort of rebuilding or protective effort. When I saw it, that was what I assumed. Well, sure, you can assume anything. Mm -hmm. You can assume lots of things. But we don't know because before she even had the chance to do anything with the picture, which could have been just a a photo she then sends to her mom and or sends to her boyfriend or keeps for posterity. I mean, who knows what her intent was? We don't get to know because in full minority report fashion, this video is posted assuming what she's going to do. She loses her internship and is apparently in the potential of being kicked out of her university because of a picture she took. But she never posted it. Never. She never said I was helping board up. Never. It's all just the assumption yes. that that's what she was doing. Yes. That's so, cancel culture, y'all. Okay. So how do you deal with that? Like, uh, What could you do? Well... Well, let me just throw out some options. Sure. Could she have posted a video on her Instagram that said, I know there's this video going around of me? Because I'll be honest, I look at the video and I'm like, well, what were you doing? He takes your picture and he jumps back in. But maybe get out in front of it and say, but it doesn't matter what what she was doing. Are we not allowed to make mistakes in this country? Are we not allowed to just live our lives without the judgment of a million people? So here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Doing that was was apparently bad enough. But her reaction is where she went astray. Okay. Because she didn't get ahead of it. She didn't post an explanation, although I don't know that anyone's entitled to it. She didn't post an apology, although I'm not sure what she's apologizing for. She tried to explain it away. And any time... And what did she say? What was her explanation? Well, it was long and rambling and not... It wasn't... If it was written by professional, they should have been fired. Sorry, you need three sentences. Right. I saw this happening. I took a picture. And I sent it to my sister who is on a trip in Brazil and has no idea what's happening in our country. That's a possibility. Sure. That's a good one. It also could be. Someone hire me. I want to, um, I want to encourage other people to not do this thing. You know, I see people all the time who do something and be like, look how dumb this was. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. Don't be that guy or girl. So there was a ton of, I sent it to my mom because she wants to make sure I spent my day doing something productive. So I'm planning to lie to her. Yes. I mean, (laughs) the truth. Yes. It could also be I was going to use it for an article and I realized it was wrong. Do you think this is sort of the same thing as we had? It it went away really quickly, but the the Channel 10 news crew out at the crawfish pond, you know, the initial thing we heard from the guy first. Right. The initial deal 
and the initial story was these people are on my property trying to say we have coronavirus in the pond. Right. Okay, so that is what gets out there first. Okay. Then, you know, we had to dig really deep. Bernie spent probably four to five hours on the phone that day to get the basic story, which was that they were using the crawfish pond for a backdrop of a live shot to talk about the infection that happened at the processing plant that wasn't there. The guy who was there, there are rumors he was drunk, was offended, asked her to leave the property. And you know what? Everyone has learned lessons. I hope the guy has learned lessons because he kind of came out looking like a donkey. Right. But I hope the reporter learned lessons just at what people might perceive that you're trying to do. They might perceive that you're trying to say it's their crawfish pond. Right. Even if you said, not this crawfish pond, we're just in front of one. But you're right. It's what people see to start with, not knowing the whole story, that they run with it. Well, and I would think all crawfish ponds look alike. So I don't know that I'd be able to tell the difference from one to another. But other people, I if bet... it's yours... Well, exactly. And it's so, like, I bet you're Cocker Spaniel. You could pick yours out of a... Not that you have one. No. But I'm saying, like, you could pick your dog out of a crowd of a thousand. Exactly. And so maybe we don't do live shots about a very... Um, Contentious. Oh, good word. Contentious story and assign it to a property or a person or a cocker spaniel that doesn't deserve that assignation. Just show I-10 behind you. You know, there are some crawfish things that way. (laughs) Hold a crawfish. (laughs) Literally hold one innocuous, nameless, blameless crawfish in your hand. I want to answer your question. So uh, TikTok is owned by ByteDance, which is a Beijing-based internet technology company founded Mm -hmm. in 2012 that has a $75 billion valuation. So we're back to what I said months ago when this whole COVID thing started. I would like to think we push for more USA-owned companies and products as our first choice. Locally owned, circulate the money in our own economy, help our economy grow. I did think there was something interesting, um, and they were talking about it yesterday on American Ground Radio. And it was the survey that came out about how American your cars are. Like oh, sure. Top of the line. Right. Do you realize that? You drive the most American car. I do. With the most parts. And I that do. is Tesla. I do. A hundred percent of the manufacturing in the United States. Yep. It's the only one. And I'm proud of it. The close to the next one is like 78% and that's GM. Sure. Um, to think that that, and, and that's not even talking about all the parts are here. Right. You know, that's just talking about, so yeah, Tesla. Yeah. 100% I knew that. made here. I knew that. A lot of the components. You seem surprised. I am shocked. I, I am not. Because I look at that thing, it looks like it's made in China. I'm just saying, just because it's so tech, you know but what I'm saying? Here's so what I would like to believe is that's what Americans can do. So we should be doing it more often. Mm-hmm. Now, might you pay a bit of a premium when buying something completely American made? Yes. But do you want to support a foreign government or do you want to support America? Very interesting. This portion of Acadiana's Morning News brought to you by the Jambalaya Shop, 4150 West Congress, across from St. Edmund's Church. Serving up fresh jambalaya, pastalaya, and sides. Got to try that mom's mac and cheese. It's my fave. Um, 7.53 now at Newstalk 96.5 KPEL. Jackie Russo continues with us, and we march on with Acadiana's Morning News. It's Monday morning right here on KPEL. Get breaking news first and exclusive content now. Download the free KPEL News app, free in the App Store and Google Play. Fox News commentary. Democratic smears and obstruction on police reform. More next.
We started Untuck It to create the perfect untucked shirts, but we had other great ideas too, like super comfortable polos and short sleeve shirts that come out of the dryer looking crisp and wrinkle free. Today, save 25% on all short sleeve button downs and polos, including wrinkle free and sweat wicking performance. So even when it's hot in the shade, you'll feel cool and dry in an Untuck It shirt. Don't miss your chance to save 25% on all short sleeve styles today at your local Untuck It store and at untuckit.com. Senate Republicans introduced the Justice Act and Democrats blocked it. They didn't just filibuster the bill itself, they filibustered any opportunity to debate it or even amend it, despite assurances that up or down votes would be allowed on at least 20 amendments. They didn't even want to have the discussion. Making matters worse, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi poisoned the well even further by saying this about the Senate GOP. But so far they were trying to get away with murder, actually. The murder of George Floyd. Complicit in the murder of George Floyd for introducing a bill to reform policing in America. With Lots of bipartisan and even Democratic ideas in the legislation. This is one of the ugliest slanders in recent political memory, perpetrated by Nancy Pelosi. She should apologize, especially to Tim Scott, an African-American and lead sponsor of the bill. But she doubled down and said she will not apologize. It seems like Democrats are more interested in having a polarizing, divisive campaign issue than making any progress. Shame on them. That's your Fox News. We're working for you around the clock to keep you informed. We are a KDMS home for news and talk. KPEL FM brokerage. Lafayette. Back. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. The New York Times was wrong, believe it or not. That's Press Secretary Kayla McEnany a short time ago on Fox, saying President Trump was never briefed on Russia possibly targeting U.S. troops in Afghanistan. The president tweeted, intelligence told him they didn't think it was credible, and he called it another possibly fabricated Russia hoax. Fox's Rachel Sutherland has more live. Dave, a National Security Council spokesperson tells Fox News the veracity of the underlying allegations continues to be evaluated. Members of Congress are calling for more information, and there will be a briefing for select members today. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi accuses the president of ignoring intelligence on Russia. Republican Congressman Adam Kinzinger, who sits on the House Foreign Affairs Committee, tweeted that President Trump needs to immediately expose and handle this and stop Russia's shadow war. Dave. Rachel, two police officers are in critical condition in Tulsa, Oklahoma, shot early this morning during a traffic stop, and there's a manhunt for a suspect police have identified. In Seattle, there was another shooting early this morning near that CHOP protest zone. One person's dead, another in critical condition. In all the protests that followed George Floyd's death across America, Confederate statues and other monuments have been torn down. In Mississippi... Two-thirds of Mississippi state legislature passed a resolution to start the process of having the Confederate battle emblem removed from the state flag. The governor said he will sign a bill to make that change. Mississippi is the last state in the country with a state flag featuring the Confederate battle emblem. That's Fox's Christina Coleman. The coronavirus keeps spiking up with record cases lately from Florida to Texas to California, where bars have been ordered closed in Los Angeles and six other counties, as 17 states pause reopenings to some degree. This is a very, very serious situation, and the window is closing for us to take action and get this under control. Health and Human Services Secretary. Alex Azar and NBC's Meet the Press. America's listening to Fox News.
It's already a number one bestseller, and it's called Blitz. Trump will smash the left and win. By famed author David Horowitz, Blitz makes predictions about President Trump that will shock you. He also warns about radical groups like Antifa. Blitz is at bookstores, or get the free offer and save $28. Just call 800-NEWSMAX or go to Blitz411.com. Blitz411.com. Mike Huckabee says if everyone read Blitz, Trump would win. Newsmax says it's the best book for 2020. Call 800-NEWSMAX for the free offer now. We're all in uncharted territory, looking for ways to support our communities. At Dell Technologies, we're making sure small businesses have the right tech solutions. Dell Technologies advisors are here for you, from helping small businesses stay connected and productive while working remotely with Windows 10 and Microsoft Teams, to rapidly deploying remote work solutions that limit upfront costs with Dell Financial Services. We're standing by you every step of the way. Call 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. Now the police reform is stalled in the Senate after a Democratic version passed the House. Lawmakers are focusing on something else. Much of the week in the Senate is expected to be devoted to the National Defense Authorization Act, an annual Pentagon policy bill usually passed with bipartisan majorities. But this year's bill in the Senate includes a provision requiring the Pentagon to rename several military installations honoring Confederate generals. The amendment has support from some Republicans, but President Trump says he won't agree to it. The House, meantime, is scheduled to take up a major infrastructure bill, a $1.5 trillion measure Democratic supporters say will create new jobs, combat climate change, and rebuild urban, suburban, and rural communities. Jared Halpern, Fox News. An infamous rapist and murderer who avoided being caught for decades in California will admit to his crimes in court today. 74-year-old Joseph James D'Angelo Jr., the former policeman suspected of being the Golden State Killer, is expected to plead guilty Monday to a series of linked assaults and murders that terrorized suburban California in the 1970s and 80s. The deal would spare D'Angelo the death penalty for 13 murders and 13 kidnapping-related charges in six counties. Survivors expect him to admit to up to 62 rapes for which he could not be criminally charged because too much time has passed. The cases involved an armed and masked rapist who break into sleeping couples' suburban homes at night, tying up the man and piling dishes on his back. They said he would threaten to kill both victims if he heard the plates fall while he raped the woman. Salchi and Grasso, Fox News. On Wall Street, stocks could rebound from Friday's big sell-off. Dow futures up more than 100 points ahead of the opening bell. Now that Tom Brady's gone to Tampa Bay, the New England Patriots have found a replacement, signing quarterback Cam Newton, who was NFL MVP in 2015, taking the Carolina Panthers to the Super Bowl. I'm Dave Anthony, and this is Fox News. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. Good morning, I'm Rob Kirkpatrick in the Cape Hill News Studio. We'll get up to 92 degrees today. It'll be a hot one, just a 20% chance of afternoon showers. You'll have your full forecast from KTC's Daniel Phillips coming up on the show. The Acadiana chapter of the American Cancer Society has asked Jamie Bajron to step down as its Spirit of Hope honoree. A ceremony to mark the honor is due to happen in August. Bajron is a cancer survivor and former paramedic who was fired last week due to recent public social media posts that many deemed racist. The local chapter says the posts do not reflect the values of the American Cancer Society. Louisiana's frontline workers are getting closer to getting that one-time hazard pay stipend of $250. 
That money would go to essential workers such as grocery store workers, bus drivers, law enforcement officers, and healthcare workers who stayed on the job during the pandemic. The legislation needs approval from the Louisiana House before it can be sent to the governor's office. Chances are looking really good for passage in the House since the Senate approved the legislation last week with a 38-0 to zero vote. On Wednesday, one group of heroes will salute another group of heroes as Louisiana National Guard has announced plans for a hospital flyover in five cities across the state. Assuming Mother Nature will cooperate, eight UH-60 Black Hawk helicopters will make a Passover hospitals in Lafayette, Slidell, Hammond, Alexandria, Lake Charles, Monroe, and Shreveport. It may not be an inoculation to the coronavirus, but it could a vaccine for measles, mumps, and rubella help prevent the most severe complications from COVID-19? Kevin Barnhart explains. Children don't seem to be as affected by COVID as adults are. The mortality rates are much, much less. And they get these live attenuated vaccines all the way through their childhood. So LSU Health New Orleans researcher Dr. Paul Fidel suggests that the common childhood vaccine can activate nonspecific immune cells to train the white blood cells of the immune system to mount a more effective defense. We think it's a low-risk, high-reward sort of response to this pandemic. The game plan is to test the treatment on primates as well as humans. I'm Kevin Barnhart. Housing advocates warn Louisiana is likely to suffer a substantial wave of evictions after enhanced federal assistance for rent and unemployment ends on July 31st. Center for Planning Excellence CEO Camille Manning-Broom says due to Louisiana's service-based economy, they estimate 69,000 to 132,000 of renter households are at risk once benefits end. Having a roof over your head is a basic need and a basic necessity. We can't allow individuals to fall into homelessness, at, especially at this magnitude. Nationally, that number is estimated to be nearly 7 million. Urban Footprint CEO Joe DiStefano says that compared to other states, Louisiana has the third highest risk of evictions. He said it's due to the COVID economy. So we're estimating that the six-month rental assistance needed for these renters ranges from about 230 to about $430 million. And that's really to close what we call the rent gap. DiStefano says a wave of evictions at this scale would destabilize communities and drastically strain state services. Beyond the, you know, the most critical impacts, which are those on these, you know, very specifically on families and individuals, you know, it starts to build up into a community and regional and statewide issue. Now, both organizations are asking the Louisiana congressional delegation to back the $100 billion Emergency Rental Assistance and Rental Market Stabilization Act of 2020 to head off the crisis. The State Department of Education says school bus capacity will be capped at 50% in August if the state remains in phase two when classes resume. Here's Matt Doyle. State Superintendent of Education Kate Brumley says districts are making plans to adjust to the possibility that we don't hit phase three before schools reopen. If that's the case, he anticipates parents will be asked to drive their kids to school if at all possible, and hybrid education will likely be needed. There's a strong likelihood that you will see this hybrid model of, of education in many systems that includes distance and or congregate. Under phase three, School buses can run at 75% capacity. I'm Matt Doyle. A former director of the CDC says the country is playing catch-up in the battle against COVID-19. On Fox News Sunday, Dr. Tom Frieden says that things are going to get worse for a few weeks because it'll take a while for physical distancing measures to have an effect again. Four police officers in San Jose are suspended and under investigation for making racist remarks on social media. 
The investigation is based on a post on Medium by an anonymous author, which includes screenshots of posts from a private Facebook group. The pictures include posts by a retired officer calling the Black Lives Matter protesters, quote, racist idiots and enemies. The NFL is slapping the New England Patriots with a hefty fine and taking away a draft pick. The league is giving a $1.1 million penalty and taking a 2021 third-round draft pick as a result of the club's television crew filming the field and sideline during the December 8th game against the Cincinnati Bengals and Cleveland Browns. And finally, the Department of Justice says cards circulating online claiming the holder is exempt from wearing a mask in public, well, they're fake. Many cities have made wearing masks mandatory in public in the wake of a spike in COVID-19 cases. The DOJ warns against the card from the so-called Freedom to Breathe Agency. These are strange times. China clouds throughout the course of the day today will go with about a 20% chance for an isolated shower out there. Not going to have a whole lot of active weather the next couple of days. Temperatures are going to work their way into the low 90s. Heat index is going to be pushing to triple digits in the afternoon. Winds coming from the south at about 5 to 10 miles an hour. May see a gust or two kick up as we get a little further into the afternoon. Lows going to drop into the upper 70s. A more or less repeat of the forecast coming up for tomorrow. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC meteorologist Daniel Phil. Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, traffic. And still that accident working at Pont de Mouton at University. That is West Pont de Mouton at North University in the Karen Crow area. Make sure you buck that up and keep it safe. trade is running right on time driven by bruce art poche llp certified public accountants that's right and tax day is coming up gosh in what about a week and a half jackie um what is it you, no, no 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 you have a about little time a yeah um hey the folks over at bruce art poche llp they can help you out if you haven't opened up the shoe box yet um you need to get on that oh uh, this is the kpl topic train it is all my other guest hosts that we have in here it's uh-huh. their favorite time of the morning well of course because you know i have just a bunch of stuff that's lying around and there you go there you go um if you're still holding on to a few cd players vcrs flip phones maybe just keep them until they reach collector's item status last year you told me about cleaning out a closet oh yes and you sold some things that Really should have gone in the trash can. I mean, I'm not judging your stuff. I'm just saying, <laughs> when you told me some of the stuff that people are interested in on the internet, I mean, who wants a photo printer? But they do. But they do. But they do. We just did another purge during COVID. It was the corn clean that I think a lot of people went through Yep. and sold a bunch of other stuff. I mean, it's sitting around not doing anything and might as well make me a few dollars. You know, you sound like the start of an episode of Hoarders that I watched recently where she sold everything. But she was not selling it as fast as she was acquiring it, oh, you know? Yeah. So at least you're talking about things you already have. Well, it's it's like, like unrealized potential. Old baseball equipment that we don't use anymore. We had a box of bats that had never been touched. 
Because when Jackson was playing, people a would give him gear. Hats. Yeah. Oh, I, I and get it. And so, you know, like sponsorships or team-based whatever, but he had a pair of cleats he already liked, so he didn't wear the new cleats. So they just went in a box, went in a box, went in a box. Well, we cleaned out the baseball closet of things that my 21-year-old son can't wear anymore because he got him when he was 12 or yeah. 13 or 14. Yeah. Unused, sold them. And it's new stuff. Right. So people love it. Yes. Well, according to a new survey, the average American... If they just took electronics, old electronics, could get about $199 for the things that they have in their house that aren't used anymore. When it comes to modern stuff, the best way to do it is to sell it ASAP. Computers, smartphones, tablets, and video game systems, they go down in value about 26% every year. However, the survey found the average person holds on to an old cell phone for more than a year after they get a new one, just in case. You know, you get that new phone and you're like... I have a just-in-case phone. I mean, just in case. You never know what might happen, you know? It won't take as good of pictures, but there you go, you know? So, yeah, get get that stuff together. Get rid of it. Um, This is one of my favorite topics, and it is coronavirus insanity, okay? Where's the bill? That's too far for me to reach. A woman in Wisconsin, Wisconsin made a comment on Facebook saying that her husband went on a business trip and came home with chlamydia because he was wearing a face mask. By the way, that is her actual belief on how he caught it. Everyone I else in social media has a little bit of how that works. Theory. That's not how any of that works. Yes. Um, I came home with chlamydia and it's because, you know, the government, they're just trying to control us. And so it's us an wear a mask. FTD. It's a, fa- a mask transmitted disease. A facially transmitted disease. Right, a face mask transmitted disease. Gross. Um, a top-grossing movie theater in the country last week said the Ford Wyoming drive-in in Dearborn, Michigan, made the most money than any other theater in the country. $127,000. That's an impressive number. Really I have cool. been surprised that every movie theater wasn't doing drive-ins in their parking lot. They already have the wall right. for it. Right. They you have know? parking spaces. They have a wall. They have a portable concession stand because you just hold it in a bucket and walk around. Walk around. And you show up movies. You run it through the car's um, stereo system. Most of us have cars we love spending time in. It's a win-win-win, people. Yeah. I am kind of surprised by that. What did you think about the Garth Brooks drive-in situation this weekend? I did not attend. Mm-hmm. I actually was having a small, quiet dinner with a couple of friends. Yes. Um, but uh, I feel like I had seen that concert on Netflix already. I think the majority of people thought Garth was somewhere, maybe a soundstage, maybe an empty arena, and he was going to be doing a live show. Like when he did that special on CBS or whatever it was? Correct. He was actually live. Right. And that we were just going to be seeing a live stream. I mean, I I even, and when I looked back at it, I realized that wasn't what it was. That's not how it was promoted. It was just a recorded concert. Yep. I loved the idea of it. Mm-hmm. If people really did, you know, socially distance, wear masks, do the things you're supposed to do to be safe because yes. we are in the middle of a pandemic and our numbers are rising. So let's be, you know, appropriate. But let's be real. But yeah. Garth was watching his own Netflix special on Saturday night, <laughs> laying on his own couch. Yes. And probably made $10 million. Oh, at least. On the low end. At because least. I'm sure he got a huge guarantee. Yeah. And people didn't even have to show up. Anyway, I think it's wild. Um, One in four Americans say they will never go back to the gym, even when the pandemic is over. Did they go before? (laughs) Well, probably not. Uh, For the people who do not go back, nine in 10 of the people who do go back 
Nine and ten say they'll be more vigilant about wiping down equipment first. See, I know we're, sh- I know we're, I mean, I guess, yes, it could be on your hands and you touch the equipment. I guess I get that. <laughs> I still feel the benefits of working out outweigh that risk as long as you're not by someone. Am well, I completely wrong in thinking that? I think there's a way to work out safely. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things you can do to exercise and be safe. I've yeah. seen some gyms who have built little pods around equipment. And okay. so you have this kind of, you know, visqueen plastic and cube you're in as you move from gear to gear. Wiping down, obviously, is smart. Mm-hmm. There's lots of things you can do. At the end of the day, though, most of the people who say they're never going back weren't going before. Probably weren't doing it to start with. They were like the January 1st gym crowd. Exactly. Um, by the way, you're going to see me there. Take the risk. You're already half the man you used to be. Work in this studio every single day. Right. I try not to lick doorknobs anymore. That's but, wise. You know, That's wise. And we do have hand sanitizer stations best. everywhere. Yes. Um, I just saw something that I want to throw into the mix uh, for our little segment yes. because this is um, funny, sarcastic, slightly inappropriate, but seems like a good time to bring it up. I didn't do the erectile dysfunction story that was in my stack in case well, you Well, this going is better there. than that. Okay. Um, the class system in America should be classified this way. Never been to Disney, went to Disney once or twice, or goes to Disney annually. Mm. I mean, when you think about it, tell me the lie. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about socioeconomic opportunities, that is a great way to distinguish from group to group. I got to tell you. Tell me. I'm going to say something very controversial here. Bring it on. I don't understand the people that go over and over. I knew you were going to say that. What changes? Now, I understand there was a difference for me going as a kid going as an adult, and then bringing the kids to see the magic through them. But I have some of my, I mean, cousins that are dear to my heart. And I know over the last 30 years, they have been nowhere else on vacation. Right. Nowhere else. Now, they will make the argument that you go to Epcot, you're going everywhere. But I mean... I don't understand the repeat visitors to Disney World. I've been to Epcot and I've been to actual Italy and they are not the same. They're not. They are not. You sure? I'm quite certain. Quite certain. I don't understand. Not the same. I don't understand. I just don't get it. And I know some people, like I also have another friend from Lafayette. She will sometimes get this. Go by herself. Huh. Like I need to get away for a weekend. Like I'm going by my, I'm not even bringing my kids. I'm going by myself to relax. That is not relaxing. No, if I hear relax away weekend by myself, it's a beach. I was about to say, it, it's water and alone. Yes. And quiet. Not crowds and hot and but lines. It's, it's what some people are into. Right. Now, when I lived in Los Angeles, I had an annual pass mm-hmm. because they were really cheap for residents. Yeah. My friend who lives in Florida has a pass, and I right. think it's like $30 a month or something weird. Well, at the time, mine was um, 84 a year. Wow. Right. That's super cheap. Right. And so, you know. I was young. I was single. It was fun. And when people came to town, it's something. See, All that's the, the time. My friend Trevor, when people go to town, he goes with them. Right. He just has a pass. Right. And, and that's it the comes thing with is, a parking pass or wherever. It gets real expensive to go every time somebody visits if you don't have a pass. Correct. But it's a fun way to kill a day. Yeah. You know what? I'm not a fan. You want to talk about um, California? I was not a fan of Disneyland, but you know what I loved? Knott's Berry Farm. Oh, sure. It's like you feel like you're at Dollywood. You know, in the Smoky Mountains, but you're like, you know, two two miles away from Bob Barker's house. Right. That's I mean, that's cool. That is very cool. Okay. Anything else you'd like to add to this KPL topic train? I mean, I think we've hit a lot of good topics. I think we have. Hey, by the way, I do have one more. Thirteen percent of working parents say they want to go fully back to the old way. 
Only 13%. They don't want to be at work every single day. When they're there every single day, they don't want to work full days because now they've seen what they can get done. And they realize they actually do have a lot of time in their life to spend with family. So people are pushing their employers to kind of go the Russo method of like, your life is important too. You know? Well, I, I think it's worked for us for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And a lot of other companies who have the same philosophy, not every job can be done from home. Mm-hmm. So some people are going to go back to the old way. Yeah. Uh, but sure, the companies that can do it, it really seems to be about educating and training managers on how to manage that way more than training the workers on how to work that way. And, and let me just ask you the question. If you have someone that's working from home, is it true that you can't fire them if they're not getting the job done? Well, I think in Louisiana, at least, we can fire anybody for anything because we're an at-will state. My point exactly. So No difference. Right. All right. 824 now at so News 96.5 KPL. It was a tricky one okay. for you. You're welcome. All right. We're back with more Acadiana's Morning News after a quick break and a check-in with Bernie telling you all about Sleep Number. We're back with more after this. Celebrating 20 years of enlightening Acadiana. Moon Griffon, next on News Talk 96.5, KPL. So it's a brand new week, and of course, everybody's trying to get some more sleep, thinking about all the responsibilities and the things that they have to do for this week. Look, if you want to really get an edge and feel better every single day, you need to get yourself a sleep number bed. So a sleep number bed allows you to have your own setting so you determine how soft or how firm you want the mattress. My sleep number setting is at 50. My husband's is at 60. Two totally different numbers, but it doesn't matter. The same bed. You know, if you want to feel good, you need to get a great night's sleep. And you'll get a great night's sleep every single night on a sleep number bed. Why? Because they have the research to prove it. I've been sleeping on a sleep number bed more than 20 years, and I'm telling you, you can't do it without a sleep number bed. Yeah, they really are that good. Just had a friend the other day. He and his wife went and bought a sleep number bed. You can do it too. I suggest you do this today during the lowest prices of the season because you can save $400 on a sleep number. 360 C4 smart bed. Now just $12.99. Yeah, it's a great deal, but it's only for a limited time at a Sleep Number store. You can also look it up at sleepnumber.com or go to the store right at the corner of Settler's Trace and Ambassador Caffrey, that same shopping center where you're going to find Whole Foods. And when you get there, you're going to fall in love with a Sleep Number bed. Tell them Bernadette Lee sent you. national headlines and local news that affects you the most hey it's robin bernie and you're listening to acadiana's morning news i listen every morning i like to stay informed wake up with us weekday mornings at 5 30 for the headlines on news talk 96.5 cape Cod. it's the bottom of the hour now the top stories from capehill965.com a measure is on its way to the governor of mississippi that will allow for the removal of the confederate emblem from the state's flag The state's Senate passed a measure to remove the symbol just hours after the state house did the same thing. Governor Tate Reeves says he'll sign the bill. Mississippi is the last state to still have the Confederate flag on its state flag. 
Vice President Mike Pence is encouraging the use of masks. During a visit to Dallas yesterday, Pence said it's especially the case when social distancing isn't possible. Texas Governor Greg Abbott described the recent spike in coronavirus infections in the Lone Star State as a, quote, very swift and very dangerous turn. Abbott also encouraged everyone to wear a mask and get back to washing their hands frequently. The push comes as Dallas County set another single-day record for coronavirus infections with 570 new cases reported yesterday. President Trump says the vast, silent majority will help him win in the upcoming election. He tweeted his expectations before slamming Joe Biden, referring to the presumptive Democratic presidential nominee as Sleepy Joe. Trump added that no one wants a low-IQ person in charge of the country. The president's tweets come as most national polls give Biden a double-digit lead over Trump. The FBI is investigating after a noose was found in a black firefighter's locker in Bloomington, Minnesota. Fire Chief Yuli Seal says acts of hate and intimidation are not tolerated at the station. He also praised the firefighters' bravery for calling attention to the noose. It was found on June 15th but wasn't reported until the 23rd. Bloomington Mayor Tim Buss says the city has strict workplace policies forbidding this type of behavior, adding the situation will be dealt with aggressively. A man in Virginia is behind bars after being accused of burning a cross on the front lawn of his black neighbor's home. Federal authorities say James Michael Brown, who is white, was taken into custody on June 14th for the incident. And the 40-year-old Brown was arrested by the FBI on Friday. Witnesses said that Brown admitted to the cross-burning and using racial slurs when referring to the family. A San Diego Starbucks worker is receiving tips from thousands of people, so far amounting to more than $82,000. Lennon Gutierrez gained support after a woman posted a photo shaming him on Facebook for not serving her coffee because she was not wearing a mask. She claims she has a medical reason not to wear one. Matt Cohen started a GoFundMe page in order to offer Gutierrez tips for standing up to someone who was breaking California's law requiring masks in public. So far, more than 6,300 people have chipped in. A former league MVP is signing with the New England Patriots. Cam Newton has signed with the six-time Super Bowl champions, according to multiple outlets this weekend. He's expected to compete with Jared Steidham for the starting quarterback position to take over for Tom Brady. He left for Tampa Bay in free agency. The incentive-laden deal is worth up to $7.5 million, according to the NFL Network. The House and Senate returned to Capitol Hill, tackling major items ahead of the July 4th recess. Fox's Jared Halpern has more. Much of the week in the Senate is expected to be devoted to the National Defense Authorization Act, an annual Pentagon policy bill usually passed with bipartisan majorities. But this year's bill in the Senate includes a provision requiring the Pentagon to rename several military installations honoring Confederate generals. The amendment has support from some Republicans, but President Trump says he won't agree to it. The House, meantime, is scheduled to take up a major infrastructure bill, a $1.5 trillion measure Democrat supporters say will create new jobs, combat climate change, and rebuild urban, suburban, and rural communities. Jared Halpern, Fox News. President Trump disputes that he failed to act on intelligence that Russia paid terrorists to attack U.S. troops in Afghanistan. Fox's Rich Edson has more. Senator Lindsey Graham, Republican from South Carolina, tweeted, quote, Imperative Congress get to the bottom of recent media reports that Russian GRU, or military intelligence units in Afghanistan, have offered to pay the Taliban to kill American soldiers with the goal of pushing America out of the region. 
The president responded to Graham, quote, Intel just reported to me that they did not find this info credible and therefore did not report it to me or vice president. Possibly another fabricated Russia hoax, maybe by the fake news New York Times wanting to make Republicans look bad. That was Fox's Rich Edson. Daily coronavirus cases rising in states like Texas, Florida, Arizona, and California, and how to keep it from turning it into a political debate. Here's your morning montage. We're seeing surging in cases in counties, especially in southern, in the southern parts of the United States. Um, we've gotten reports from our governors that the majority of the positive cases we're seeing are age 35 and under. A large number of those are going to be asymptomatic. Uh, we've got our fatality rates and our hospitalization rates are the lowest they've been in two months. But this is a very serious situation. I think we're still in the first wave. And this is uh, a continuation of the first wave. And it was a failed effort to stop the first wave in the country. It's clear across the Sun Belt that there's something happening, particularly among younger Americans. Testing, 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 tracing, treating, isolating, wearing masks, washing your hands. There is a way to do it. And instead of what the administration did, deny, delay, death, we have to, it's time for this administration to take this seriously. Clouds out there today with an isolated shower possible. Rain chances going to be staying at about 20%. We're going to have temperatures work their way into the low 90s today. Heat index is going to be closer to the triple digits. It's a hot, muggy day out there today. T lows tonight drop down to about 77. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC meteorologist Daniel Phillips on Newstalk 96.5 KPL. at the Supreme Court again. This time we're talking about Obamacare. The Trump administration on Thursday filed a brief in a highly charged Supreme Court case that has the potential to completely overturn the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare. Michael Law joins us on the phone now. And, you know, this seems to be pretty open and shut as far as what the president wants. But in recent weeks, in the last month or so, we've seen some surprises from the Supreme Court. Kind of bring us up to date on this case. Yes. Uh, so uh, if you remember uh, about uh, the first case, uh, considering uh, Obamacare in NFIB versus Sebelius, uh, John Roberts rewrote, as he has done with uh, DACA more recently and other cases, rewrote the law to uh, fit exactly what he wants. Uh, and in this case, uh, with NFIB versus Sebelius, uh, he wrote, rewrote it so that it would say uh, two opposing things at the same time. First is that uh, the penalty is uh, to be considered a tax so that it would uh, that it would be uh, legal or constitutional under the Anti-Injunction Act. And, but for uh, other purposes, it was not to be considered a penalty, but rather a tax. So it, it was considered a tax and also considered not a tax. Uh, not, not considered a tax, so it would be called un or constitutional and considered a uh, 
and consider it a tax so that it would be. You know, it's, and I expect it to do the same thing. Uh, in this case, uh, it seems pretty shut, uh, like a pretty shut case, open and close case, but uh, expect John Roberts, and this is kind of where I think that he's going to go, is uh, in the previous cases, they have always uh, stuck with the side that it, there is no severability within Obamacare. But expect severability to magically appear, and we will continue with the uh, Obamacare as it is written, with the exception of the uh, penalty, well, it, the it, or the individual mandate. So uh, expect it to continue because I expect that from John Roberts. You know, in the one thing about Supreme Court justices is they very rarely ever kind of, I guess, rule against themselves. You know, where something has come up before, they will pretty much stand in line with, with, with where they are. I mean, and I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's a pride thing. I don't know if it's, uh, I, don't, I don't know what, what it is. But I think there are a lot of people who are thinking just like you're thinking that this could be sort of all for nothing. What does it say to the Trump administration? All right, so we have an election in November. Um, obviously, should there be a vacancy on uh, on the Supreme Court, say this year, then we sort of end up back in the situation where we ended up at the Obama, you know, kind of last year of office with Merrick Garland, who wasn't it wasn't pushed through because it was the last year. President Trump is going to want to get another one of his justices justice picks onto the Supreme Court. Kind of, if you had a crystal ball, what would happen with that? Yeah, the, I I would expect the. For the most part, the same thing, although it is going to be less likely simply because uh, the Republicans are in control of the Senate and they're the only ones that uh, get to approve uh, the individual. So if, uh, worst case scenario, President Trump loses in November uh, and he gets to, and there is a justice that either passes away or uh, retires or uh, resigns and he's able to appoint another one, uh, it might be a little bit different uh, than when uh, President Obama uh, nominated his last one simply because the Republicans will still be in charge at that time. So it might go a little bit differently, but uh, uh, I, hopefully we don't even have to deal with that scenario. We have enough to deal with this year so far. Michael Law, thank you so much for your insight on this. We appreciate it as always. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on. The Rush Morning Update is brought to you by Luxury Limo of Lafayette. Book your next traveling party at LuxuryLimoOfLafayette.net. Well, the geniuses at Politico think they figured out President Trump's re-election strategy. They say it is to wage a never-ending war with states. The president supposedly targeting blue state governors the way he used to go after Congress, calling them weak and pathetic. Now, Politico claims that this strategy emerged during the coronavirus pandemic and that it hasn't stopped. They say the press secretary, Kayleigh McEnany, boosted Trump's strategy this week because she blamed governors for the violence and chaos in their streets and reminded the governors that they are responsible for policing those riot-torn streets. There's only one thing missing from this analysis by Politico, and that's the truth. The tensions between President Trump and the blue states began long before the coronavirus. It started day one, as President Trump demanded that states follow federal immigration law. It was heightened when Trump got rid of Obama-era environmental policies that hurt business. 
And since Politico brought it up, let's talk about the pandemic. It's obvious that some blue state governors are doing everything they can to keep their states closed, despite the economic harm they have caused. And they're still causing. It's the blue states that are playing politics. It's the blue states that want to keep their states crumbling all the way through November. They're the ones waging a never-ending war on President Trump. That's what's pathetic. And it's also the truth. Politico got it back asswards. Folks, it is once again my privilege to join Mahindra in honoring those who have so bravely served our country. It's time for the seventh annual Mahindra Military Salute Giveaway. To celebrate our Independence Day, the 4th of July, we will randomly select one deserving service member to receive a new Mahindra 4540 four-wheel drive tractor. It's a real deal. Tough as nails. Compact utility tractor with an impressive loader and three-point lift capacities. So help us find a brave American to receive this rugged Mahindra. To nominate somebody who is active duty or a veteran of the military and to get official rules, visit RushLimbaugh.com and look for the Mahindra Military Salute Giveaway. Thanks to Mahindra, the official tractor of tough. And God bless all of you who protect our freedom. Take advantage of rock bottom prices and great financing on new Mahindra subcompact, compact, or utility tractors or Mahindra utility vehicles. To find your dealer and test drive a Mahindra, please visit WhyMahindra.com. It is 639 now on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to Acadiana's Morning News. So, you know, Steve Peliquin joins us, and I, I bring him on for sports, obviously, because it's what he does over at ESPN 1420, but he may also be our classic TV, um, I guess, uh, expert as well. Good morning to you, Steve Peliquin. I don't know about that, but good morning, Rob. Yeah, How are you? Well, uh, you, you know more about it than anyone else, anyone else that I know, and I have confirmed for you that, that Card Sharks is coming back. ABC. It. It is coming back to ABC. Well, that's really good news. You know, I did not, uh, I did not know that. I'm a, I'm a Court Sharks fan from uh, from years gone by. So that's uh, that's extremely, extremely good news. You made me a happy man this morning. Now, um, every time, and what made me think about it was the bumper music we just used was the Jackson Five, and and you did remind me um, they were the Jackson Five, but then the Jacksons, and they had a show. And I told you a couple weeks ago, I know nothing about that except if it wasn't on the VH1 movie, I don't know. And, and what happened to those? What happened to movies like that? Like the the evening, you know, the movies like the primetime network, kind of like TV movies. What happened to those? Oh, yeah. When I was when I was growing up, they used to have the movie of the week, yeah. which was uh, which was pretty good. They also had um, on, uh, well, ABC, but I think uh, NBC and CBS did it as, uh, as well, was the late movie. And it used to be a big deal, you know, as a kid, if you would be able to stay up uh, late to watch the late movie, which normally came on at, uh, at 1030 following the uh, the, the local news, but once networks started, uh, well, once other networks started popping up, I mean, when I was growing up, there was CBS, NBC, and ABC, and you had PBS. Once other networks started popping up, they started playing a lot of those movies, um, you know, themselves, and once cable started expanding, like TBS, I mean, TBS would basically play uh, the, you know, the movie of the week and, you know, stuff like that pretty much all day long, right before the three studios and the Flintstones mm -hmm. at, uh, at uh, 
uh, at 2 o'clock. What about, are you old enough to remember the ABC after-school special? Okay, we not when they were actually on, but a lot of my social studies teachers during the growing up, they would play the old ones. It was old for us, you know, but but yes, especially the one, what was it about how they taught communism? The, it was called The Wave, and it was all about like kind of this like secret society at a high school, and The Wave oh, yeah. was supposed to explain to people, you know, how groupthink works and how why it's not really good in the end, you know? Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the ABC after school special, four o'clock central on uh, on ABC. That used to be pretty awesome. Used to homeschool and uh, and watch that. So yeah, you know th- those things are fun uh, fun to remember. But again, once other networks started to come about, and especially with the expansion of cable television, you could pretty much catch those movies wasn't, yeah. uh, or movies like them with the you know with the same type of uh, message. You sh- you could be able to catch them pretty much all day long. Okay, let's turn to sports. Cam Newton has a new home in the NFL for at least one year. What do you think about that move? I know that, you know, he's a very polarizing guy. I mean, he just is. There's some people that love him. There's some people that hate him. I think the people that, that hate him are, they don't like, you know, with the, the pulling of the Superman shirt. And you, you go back to his his college days where, uh, you know, the, the there was rumors of some other table things happening between him and, and Florida, who he originally you know signed with, and then you know he and Auburn. He's not the quarterback that he was. He's not the quarterback that he was in 2015 um, when he won the MVP, but he showed in 2018 when he was healthy that he still has something to offer. I do love the signing by the Patriots because they say that Jared Stidham is ready to be a quarterback. Okay, but what if he's not? You know, it's a, you're buying insurance. And if Cam Newton's a quarterback, and I think he will be. I mean, I think Cam still has something left in the tank enough for him to be the quarterback. But he's a guy that is kind of damaged goods right now. I mean, you know, you don't know about his, his shoulder, uh, which, you know, had, was injured last year. He's He's been a running quarterback a lot throughout his career, so he's taken a lot of hits. So he's got a lot of bumps and bruises. So he's probably not a guy that's going to be able to make it through a 16-game schedule. But yeah. if he doesn't, then you have Jared Stenham to fall back on. So, you know, I, I'm not, you know, Jared, uh, or I'm sorry, Cam Newton played for, for, the, uh, for, for the Panthers. So being a Saints fan, I have no, you know, love for who he played for or anything. But I'm, I'm okay as Cam Newton as a, as a as a quarterback and whatnot, but I understand his limitations. I'm no big Patriot lover, but just as a football fan, I got to say, at first glance, I think it's a really good signing for the Patriots. You know, I I do think that they needed somebody, and you know, you sort of need that Teddy Bridgewater. You know, you just you just need that, especially kind of given the void that Tom Brady has left. I I'm anxious to see sort of what happens, and you know. It just sort of remains to be seen if the organization is really as strong as it is, or was it just a Tom Brady thing? You know, generally, what do you think about that? Does does the quarterback set the set the tone? Is there going to be a void? Are they going to be the same Patriots that are always Super Bowl contenders every year? I think they're going to be Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, I really do. Last season, Tom Brady showed signs of aging big time. Uh, the, the, still, the biggest thing about 
Tom Brady is I think the, the thing that's going to help him with the Buccaneers is that he doesn't turn over the football, which is, you know, there's something to be said for that. I mean, you know, as talented as Jameis Winston is, with the Saints, he threw 30 interceptions last year. Tom Brady's not going to do that. You know, Cam is probably going to try to force the ball a little bit more. He's going to be intercepted, but he, I think he could still make plays. And that's why I think that the signing by the Patriots is a good one because they were very close to winning it all last year. I mean, really, maybe just like a, a couple of plays away, um, their receivers were banged up. You know, Brady didn't have a whole lot of people to throw the ball to. I just couldn't see Bill Belichick, who's not at his age right now and as, as successful as he's been, to go in there with Jarrett Stedham and, you know, Brian Hoyer at, uh, at, at at quarterback. I just think that they needed an insurance policy, and I think they got one. And he was the biggest name out there and the best name. Everybody else was, was set and ready to go with new teams. I really thought it was only a matter of time before the Patriots picked up uh, you know, a guy like Cam Newton, which they did. So, yeah, I think that entering 2020, you know, the, the AFC East has gotten better. You know, the Dolphins are, are, are young and talented. The Bills are probably ready to make that next step up. And then in the AFC, I mean, I think the team to beat is the Ravens. General Lamar Jackson continues to emerge as one of the more exciting players in the game. They have a good defense. But, no, I think the Patriots are still very much Super Bowl contenders now. As a matter of fact, they're better today than they were on Friday. So what? kudos to them for signing Cam Newton. Wow. Well, good for them. Stevie P is apparently a fan. Steve, thanks for joining us. You can listen to Stevie P and read all of his writing, ESPN1420.com, and, of course, on air, ESPN1420. Thanks, Steve. Good talking to you. Hey, it's Rob Kirkpatrick, and I want to tell you about a brand new feature at KPEL965.com. Listen to every hour of every day of Acadiana's Morning News. Now, you need to just get up and listen to all the great interviews when they happen live. But maybe you're busy. Maybe you want to listen in your car in the afternoon. Go to KPEL965.com, click on Listen Live, and then click Acadiana's Morning News. There, you'll find a podcast brought to you by LABI, Louisiana Association of Business and Industry. That's kpel 965 Home of the Rush Limbaugh Show in Acadiana. News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Brobridge, Lafayette. Republicans and Democrats want answers in a new Russia controversy. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. We have called for a report to the Congress on this. This is as bad as it gets. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi on ABC's This Week. President Trump insists a threat in Afghanistan is something he was never briefed on and an intelligence considered not credible. Fox's Rachel Sutherland has more live. Dave, members of Congress will be briefed today on allegations that Russia put bounties on American soldiers. White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany told Fox and Friends. 
I think it'll clear up a lot when members of Congress are briefed today, but it is truly egregious when you have anonymous sources uh, spewing out this information on the pages of the New York Times and wrongly uh, giving them false information. A spokesperson for the National Security Council says the veracity of the intelligence is being vetted. Presumptive Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden says if the president was aware of the intelligence, it would be a truly shocking revelation. Dave? Rachel, it's a bad day for four condemned federal prisoners. The Supreme Court just refused to block their execution set for July and August. There's a manhunt in Tulsa, Oklahoma, for the gunman who shot and critically wounded two police officers this morning at a traffic stop. In Seattle, shots were fired near that shop protest zone. One person was killed, another critically wounded. George Floyd's death started all these protests, and the four Minneapolis police officers charged will appear in court today. Seventeen states have now closed places or paused reopenings in the coronavirus resurgence. Republican Congressman Dan Crenshaw from Texas just told Fox. Wear masks when you're in confined spaces with other people. Always wash your hands and, and social distance to the extent that you can. But uh, we don't need to go back to full-on universal lockdowns either. Bars have been closed in Texas. California has now ordered bars to shut in Los Angeles and six other counties. The number of coronavirus cases around the world is over 10 million with now over half a million deaths. America's listening to Fox News. Paid for by Lose Debts. Attention, this is a very important message to anyone with debt exceeding $10,000. With the worldwide stock markets free-falling, coronavirus being labeled a global pandemic, cities and whole countries in quarantine and layoffs picking up speed, the last thing you need to worry about is your credit card bills. Due to the recent global events, a special debt relief helpline has been created for anyone with over $10,000 in debt, but you must call us at 800-805-7728. As banks shore up capital bracing for a recession, they are willing to settle your debt for a fraction of what you owe, making it a perfect time to eliminate your debt and save your money during these tough economic times. There are no upfront fees and we offer a 100% money-back guarantee. But you must call us at 800-805-7728. This opportunity won't last long, so call us today at 800-805-7728. You have enough to worry about. Settle your debt and remove that unneeded stress. 800-805-7728. That's 800-805-7728. A mixture of sunshine and clouds out there through the day today. We'll see some clouds early on this morning, but I do think we get some patchy sunshine by the end of the day. Temperatures are going to work their way up to about 92 for the afternoon. High heat index is going to be pushing the triple digits. It's going to be a very hot, humid, summery day out there. 20% chance for an isolated shower a little later on this afternoon. Winds are going to be coming in from the south at about 5 to 10 miles an hour. It may see a gust or two later on this afternoon. Overnight lows drop into the upper 70s. We'll get ready to repeat this forecast through the majority of the work week. Better rain chances going to creep into Acadiana by Friday. It looks like we may have some widely scattered showers sticking with us for the July 4th holiday as well. Make sure that you stay tuned over the next couple days as we iron out some of those details. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5.